This is Monster of the Week. I'm Jeremy Greer. It's with Chris and Jeremy. I'm Chris Mosier. We've just watched Lucifer Rise. But what I do have is a GED and a give them hell attitude and I'll figure it out. It's time for Season 5. And this is Monster of the Week, a creepy but necessary podcast where we cover every single episode of the TV show Supernatural. This week, we're starting Season 5. Just a brief, quick announcement. Uh, We put another episode up on the RSS feed for you. Uh, The one directly before this one should be an unnumbered episode. We have launched our Patreon at patreon.com slash monster of the week. We want to do a whole bunch more shows covering Supernatural. We want to give you a bunch of cool stuff. Go listen to that episode for full explanation and go read the website, patreon.com slash monster of the week for more of that information. But screw all of that because it's time for fucking season five, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for season five. It's time for hunks. It's time for uh, angels. And it's time for one more thing. And that's demons. Lucifer is free. He's out there. Yeah. He is just out in the fucking world right now. Lucifer's free. I'm shook. Totally. That's all I know. 100% shook. I am beyond shook. And- I'm shake. Does that make sense? Is that a thing that teens say? Yeah. 100%. Yes. I'm Shake Family. Is that? <laughs> Hello. I am Shake Family. Hello. I have just heard that concerning news. And I am Shake Family. Uh, already getting off to a very uh, appropriate start to cover a very serious couple of episodes. Um I don't really mm-hmm. think there's any admin to be do, to, to do. We're uh, go to monsteroftheweek.com or excuse me, monsteroftheweek.cool slash schedule to go check out. Yeah, come on. What has it ever been? It's never been dot com. I don't know what's wrong with me. Uh, monsteroftheweek.cool slash schedule so that you can see which episodes of the show we're going to be covering on each episode of the podcast. Um, until then, let's talk about season five, episode one. Yeah, season five. So I think. We've probably said it before. Season five will probably continue with the two episode formula because mm-hmm. uh, these are these are there's a lot of meat on these bones. If you know what I'm saying, <laughs> I do. I do. As a matter of fact, I know I'm familiar with that expression. I know exactly with what it's supposed to mean. <laughs> <laughs> so I know I know that uh, season four gets the popular vote for everybody's favorite. Um, season five, I think, is my personal favorite. Part of that is it has some of my favorite episodes, of course, but like the stakes are super high, and I think that this is the first season that I was watching live while being like super super invested mm-hmm. um for like the whole season because I didn't start watching until season four was on I believe so I, I had some catching up to do there uh but this I, I remember waiting for this episode to to finally air and just being super super excited for it uh it's just probably I'm to repeat super excited expression I'm still I still am right now just thinking about it oh yeah absolutely I um Listeners may remember that uh, I had I had Brian Wade here for a week um, on one of the last nights. Brian when Brian Wade was here, we couldn't figure out anything to watch, so I said, "Well, if y'all can't figure out something to watch, we're just going to watch Supernatural." And I proceeded to watch three episodes <laughs> of season five, one after the other, because as soon as one finished, we were like, "Yep, we need to watch the next one and see what happens." So mm-hmm. it's just got that kind of pull. Like that's the thing I remember about the season the most is that it just pulls you through it. Like you just want to know what is going to happen with these boys. With these angels, with these demons, with fucking Lucifer. 
Um, we get introduced yeah. to Lucifer, and I think maybe one of the coolest ways ever. Like I, I dig this whole thing that we're about to start to discussing here in a bit. And um, yeah, season. I think season five might be my favorite. It's going to be interesting having going through it again. I've seen it probably two or three times, just naturally, maybe more. Just watching it, right? Uh, but mm-hmm. I've never committed this level of analysis to it, like the way we do with this podcast. So coming off of a season four high, I'm thinking season five is going to be even better, and I I am excited to get there. So, um, let's yeah. do you want to do you want to sum up the things that have come before? Uh, maybe. Oh. Yeah, with the road so mm-hmm. far. These 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 absolutely things I, that we have totally written down, and we usually ascribe to a friend of the show, like um, my Stardew vinyl, Stardew Valley vinyl <laughs> collection that came in the other day. Sure, that that totally wrote this for us. Because <laughs> this road so far that I have written, totally written um, mm-hmm. previously to right now, I have written it down. So here's here's the story. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam and. Um, Samuel and Dean Winchester, they're brothers. (laughs) They have one friend, and he's an angel, and they have their grandpa, Bob. And together, they have been fighting, uh, ghosts, Mm -hmm. a lot of ghosts, Mm -hmm. some, uh, cops. At at one episode, they fought (laughs) cops. cops. Um, (laughs) vampires, uh, they have sex with monsters sometimes. Angels other times. And... Sam Winchester went dark side or something, had sex with not just a werewolf, but a, a demon, and they woke Lucifer. Lucifer is woke, you could say. And the last time that we saw the uh, our intrepid heroes, they had Lucifer was woke, and they were shook. Um, shaking, shaken family is what they <laughs> called themselves. So now we're dealing with the fallout of that, and that is the road so far. So two brothers, their one friend, and their grandpa Bob. Chris, you know I usually uh, wait to criticize you until after the podcast is over with because I don't want anybody thinking that I'm I'm, mm-hmm. a, I'm a mean overlord like that. But just in the next road, okay. in the next road so far, if you could, if when you write it down, if you could just not maybe try tighten it up, just a little tighten bit. it up a little, like maybe not. You don't you don't have to write the word uh is what I'm saying. Like you don't have to you don't have to write that into sure, the document. Sure, sure. And it's weird that you did. Like I would think that you wouldn't yeah, do that yeah. just because that's not how people normally type. But it seems like you. I don't know. I'm just saying. Like maybe next time. I was just. Oh, I was try. I was just trying. You know, I wrote it on my phone and sometimes autocorrect. Sure. Uh, so mm-hmm. you know, just tighten up the old screws and uh, we'll, we'll get to you next time. How about you tell us about what the name of this episode is called? I will. It's called Sympathy for the Devil. It was written by Eric Kripke. It was directed by Robert Singer. It aired on September 10th. 2009. Chris, you were eight, nine, ten, something like that? I was 18. Okay. I was, <laughs> I was 18 years old. I was 29. So just want everybody. I've been married for like four yeah. years. For wait, uh, five and a half years. Wow. Great. I was, uh, I was in high school. Good. No, I wasn't. I had graduated. I was in college. You were All in right, high school I, when you were. I was in college. Good. Good. I had just started my freshman year of college. I had braces still, and it was a really hard first semester. I can imagine that being difficult for you. Do you want to? Do you need some time to go into it? Do you want to? You want to chat about it a little bit? I want you to read the goddamn description and let's talk about these hugs. The fifth season begins with Lucifer being set free from hell and appearing on Earth, and Sam and Dean learning that Castiel was killed by the Archangels. Kind of an abbreviated intro Yikes. for, uh, like, maybe an extremely important episode of the show. Um, yeah. 
we do get our uh, our road so far, which is set to an ACDC song that I neglected to write down. It's real good, like Thunderstruck. I think sure, yeah. Um, Thunder thighs. That's the name of the. That's the. Th- Th- yeah, it was Thunder thighs by ACDC. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Thunder. You won't be able to find that one on okay. Spotify, boys and girls, because there's a weird licensing. No, anyway. Uh, the right. the road so far is really really good. Like we see all we see our dudes doing all all of our dude stuff. Like they're killing monsters, they're having sex, they're drinking blood, they're you know setting free, setting loose for free. Yeah. Uh, In typical like road so far fashion. They're acting like it, it portrays the boys like they're fucking rock stars. Like there's always because we we do get a second road so far uh, in this pair of episodes, which goes a little bit uh, darker. And this one is just like these are the greatest hits of Sam and Dean, except for the part where they let out Lucifer at the end of the season. And uh, they definitely show Sam drinking demon blood. So maybe not greatest definitely, hits, yeah, but like but they do it in like a cool way where they're like, "Yo, <laughs> kids, kids, my fellow demons, check me out." Hello. <laughs> Uh, we Family up, wake, right? We pick <laughs> up that's immediately well. where we, we left off. So at the end of season four, there was a, a giant angel light coming from the floor. Uh, Sam says he's coming, and then like that's it. It was fade to white. Uh, and we pick up immediately there. Mm-hmm. The boys try to run, but of course the uh, the doors are closed. They can't get out. The door starts to disintegrate. And then we hear like this, or what we have come to know as like the angel noise, right? So we saw this way back in uh, mm-hmm. season four. When Cast- high-pitched whining just exactly. growing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, when Castiel tried to talk to Dean. So we know that there's an angel coming through this portal. Uh, everything goes white, and Sam and Dean are on a plane. Yeah, we start hearing what uh, Yosemite Sam mm-hmm. talking uh, talking to the devil in some cartoon as it just sort of like fades into the boy sitting on a on an airplane. Yep. You'd think that Dean would be a lot more frightened, but he seems... <laughs> he seems uh, pretty frightened by the situation shocked. in general. <laughs> Like I, was, I know he's I know he's afraid of planes, but like I'm, I would be more afraid of being teleported onto a plane. So, um, so they're they're on a they're on a plane, but they're like right above. Uh, I think Hillchester was the name of the the town that they were in, where the this church was, where Lucifer has just risen. Um, suddenly they're just above it, and it's almost as if it's I don't know if it's supposed to be the exact same time, whatever it is, but suddenly a, a gigantic burst of of white light erupts from below them. And I guess the plane goes down? It doesn't go down. No. But it seems like the plane is going down, and then they just, like, cut away. And then they slam you with the suit. No, they already slammed you with the supernatural. I don't know what happens here, because the, the, it doesn't crash, it, right? It doesn't crash. Um, assume, I, I assume that the plane was landing at the nearest airport, right? So, um, yeah. So, like, the pilot swerves and everything goes crazy and they have to put the mask on. Uh, but then I, then I would assume that he was just going to do his normal landing. And, like, they, those boys would get off the plane and take a rental car or probably go steal a car out of the parking lot and to drive back to the Impala so they can go get that. Um, yeah. Their their first move is... This, this is weird, right? This is very scary. This is all weird. And this is the biggest, like, supernatural event that I think has, has happened. Like, that's something that you can't... I think part of the show that gets forgotten a lot is the fact that hunters tried to keep all of that secret from the normies. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is this is a gigantic flash of white light, and it could be explained. But it's like a pretty big, not cosmic, but like uh, a world event. Like people are seeing this. This is a big deal. Um, and we'll start to throughout the episode hear things on the news. Like um, basically. Shit's, shit's popping off. This is as real as Supernatural has been so far. 
Yeah, it's it's very real, and I think it's important to remember too that not only were they teleported onto this plane, but they were also obviously teleported a little bit back in time as well. Like that's the way that I read this: is they yeah. were they were taken from that that room where Lucifer is coming out and put it back, you know, ten seconds in the past on this plane so that they were not in that surrounding area. Because this, I would assume that it would probably have killed them, right? Like they would probably just be destroyed at that point. Yeah. Um. Maybe not Sam, and we'll figure that out in a minute, but uh, definitely Dean. Definitely oh, Dean would have been destroyed. They're, for sure, Dean. Their, uh, their first move is to try to find Castiel, and uh, of course, the last time we saw Castiel, he was with Chuck, and they were fending off the angels since they were chasing down Dean. So they go to Chuck's place, and uh, Chuck is beyond surprised to see Sam and Dean, especially Sam, who he says has gone full Vader in, the, the last, in his last vision. His uh, body temperature was up to like 150, which it, now that I'm reading that, probably is wrong because that would probably kill somebody. <laughs> so maybe I heard that wrong. Um, the blood pressure was 200. He had full black eyes. And uh, he says that. And Dean's like, you, you had black eyes. And Sam's like, kind of like nervously. I, I, I didn't know, which is, yeah, I think really, really interesting. Right. Like, cause that's, that's obviously when we saw it, we talked about that a lot. And that for Dean to hear that and mm-hmm. to be like, Holy shit, like what the fuck was going on in there? Right. Right. But of course, Sam wouldn't know that his eyes changed. You know, he's not, unless his vision changed, he would have no idea. Um, but it's also like when they get to Chuck's house, that place is a war zone. And the first thing that Chuck does is attack Sam with a plunger. Yes. Yes, he does. I did, I did leave out that important fact that he hit Sam in the head That's with a plunger. That's important to me. <laughs> uh, that is pretty good. Unfortunately, Kaz, Kaz did not make it through. Uh, Chuck says that Kaz literally exploded um, to the point where he's picking like cast body parts out of his hair and uh, like bits of bone and flesh have gotten embedded in, in Chuck's skin and hair, which is super gross. Yeah, it's not a great time. Uh, and now Zachariah, old, uh, old chucklehead Zachariah shows up again. Um, and immediately Dean is furious. Because if we remember, I mean, like, just a few hours ago for Dean, it's weird because this was filmed, you know, months later and and aired months later. Um, For us, it's been a couple weeks, but it's just been a few hours for Dean since he was with the Angels talking shit at the end of season four, finding out that they were basically letting this stuff happen, letting Sam go dark side, letting him free Lucifer. And Dean's pissed. He's not at all happy about this situation. Um, Basically blaming Zachariah and the angels and Zachariah responds by blaming Sam. He's like, yo, it's this dude's fault. I mean, he's not wrong, but it starts to create just more conflict. The second that we get back together, it's like, we don't even have a second to breathe. There's just more conflict dumped back on us. Um, and, and Zachariah is now treating it like they're back on the same side. Yeah. Well, maybe we lied to you before. Yeah. Maybe we used you for this or for that. But now, you know, it's us against Lucifer, right? It's us against the demons. Sure, we don't always get along, but, like, come on, Dean. Like, it's Lucifer. What are you going to do? You're going to go off on your own when you have the help of angels? No, you're not. Well, that is exactly what Dean wants to do. Um, But it's just more more angel bullshit, basically. And I think if the end of Season 4 didn't already solidify this, Season 5 brings you right back into being like, oh, yeah, uh, fuck the angels. Uh, except for Castiel, but as far as we know, Castiel's dead. Yeah, Castiel is, is as far as we know, completely dead right now. I, I like this scene a lot. This is more uh, Dean Winchester just flipping the bird to these angels. Um, because fuck these guys, right? Like, fuck, these, fuck guys. these guys. Angels are dicks. And um, 
But they come uh, they come with some serious in- intel. It's not just, hey guys, alright, let's get back for that fight. They're like, no, we need to destroy Lucifer before he gets his vessel. His vessel? And his vessel. The The idea of vessels have, has, has come up with Castiel. Obviously, we had a whole episode about Jimmy Novak, or Jimmy Neutron, excuse me. Um, and how angels need to ask permission, unlike demons who can just, you know, possess somebody. Um, but they're talking about Lucifer as if he's an angel, and that's, I mean, he is. He is Lucifer is an angel. He's a fallen angel. Um, but just like them, he has to ask permission. He has to find a, a vessel, um, a specific vessel. And this this starts to lead into uh, some of my, my favorite horror that Supernatural does coming up in this episode. But um, yeah, Dean's not happy about any of this. He draws a, or I guess he had already drawn an angel symbol, uh, one of the Enochian sigils on the wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Zachariah notices that Dean's hand is bleeding and he's like, hey, what's going on there? And then Dean, you know, high fives the wall, zaps Zach and the angels out of there and uh, buys them a little bit of time. I mentioned early on in season one that I really enjoy it every time they would catch a demon with a devil's trap. I really love it when they catch the angels off guard with this angel banishment yeah. spell. I believe that uh, <laughs> I believe that Dean says, I learned that from my friend Cass, you son of a bitch. <laughs> he does. Uh, Dean seems way more concerned with Cass's well-being than he does uh, yeah. Sam going full Vader and having full black eyes, by the way. Sure. I'm not, look, I'm not- also, Chuck's response, <laughs> Chuck's response to all this is, this sucks ass. <laughs> yeah, Chuck is, poor Chuck, right? Like, this dude is just a bad writer. Like that's the that's the only thing that that dude is is a bad writer, and he's yeah. been just kind of brought into all of this. So. Um, I, I, yeah, I like all of this. Uh, the guy that's playing uh, what you call it, uh, the angel Zachariah, that Kurt Fuller guy, is still oh, super sure. super amazing. Still way into him. So, um, they go back to like whatever hotel room that they may have had. And, uh, Sam has made hex bags to keep from being found. And, uh, Dean's like, yeah. where'd you get these? And he's like, I, I found them. No, he, he, he learned it from Ruby <laughs> how to make all of this stuff, yeah. which seems a little weird. Um, um, and it's one of those kind of awkward. I mean, the, at, earlier in the episode, they did already have an exchange where Sam tries to talk about it. And, and Dean is just like, it's okay. Because, at first glance, or, or, or first watch, or maybe first take, you would think, maybe Dean really means that. Maybe he's just like, you know what, this is all so fucked up that let's just leave that in the past. But as we're going to see throughout this episode, maybe it's not so simple. Um, but, uh, yeah, they have, it's this, they have to bring up the fact, the whole, like, Ruby thing, and then immediately that leads into Dean asking it about, uh, about demon blood. Yeah. And he, he asked, um... I, I believe he coins the phrase "bitch blood." <laughs> Does he need another hit of that yeah, bitch blood? Um, so, oh, demon blizzy, of course. Demon blizzy, bitch blizzy. Yeah, yeah, as, 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 as Dean would probably yeah. say, <laughs> busy busily. Ah, I can't talk today. Um, um, yeah, yeah. So, and and Sam says, like, I don't know, like, whatever teleported us, obviously, like, took away my addiction. Like, I'm not, I'm not feeling yeah. any withdrawal symptoms or, or whatever, which seems a little. And I'm fine with it. Like it's like at this point, like literally a, a day is ex machina, right? Like it seems just a little too pat. Like I would have, I would have kind of, because I don't think that he really struggles with this stuff too much. And I kind of want him to a little bit, to be honest with you. Like yeah. I'm still kind of mad at Sam, Chris. I can't help it. He let well, Lucifer go. This is. We can see that that Dean is starting to repress 
this situation as well here, and he's kind of mad about it because um, Sam says, what can I even say? I'm sorry I screwed up. Doesn't really do it justice. Nothing I can say or, or do or say to make... There's nothing I can do or say to make this right. And Dean has an outburst where he just yells, so why do you keep bringing it up? Yep. Like, Dean calms down, like, a second later, and just, like, let's just treat this like any other hunt, because that's... The goal right now is to find Lucifer. Um, mm-hmm. And Dean doesn't doesn't pick a fight, but you can tell that that rage is starting to boil over, that, that distrust of Sam or that disappointment in Sam that maybe you thought was going to be put aside when the brothers are standing there together watching Lucifer rise from hell. It's almost as if, yeah, there's all this bullshit. Yeah, we had this big fight. But in the end, it's, you know, it's just Sam and Dean. Doesn't even matter. It doesn't even, in the end, it doesn't even matter. And, and, but Dean is not over this. No matter what Sam says, there's nothing he really can say, but Dean is not over this. No, not at all. And I think uh, Jared really sells this kind of, um, uh, like slow boil of rage, but also like going to put away this rage because we have a, a big problem to worry about, which is killing Lucifer. So we have to treat this like a hunt. What's the first thing that we would do? We would try to find Lucifer. And then at that, we cut to some of my favorite shit in the world. Chris, I almost called you Sam, which is yeah. a little weird. Um, it, well, I, <laughs> it had to happen at least once. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, we were introduced to Mark Pellegrino, uh, people may know him from the TV show Dexter, as well as a variety of other shows. I think this is my favorite thing that he has done. Uh, he, yeah, it's so much fun. Like this, all of this stuff with Lucifer uh, trying to convince Mark Pellegrino to let him in and be his vessel is so fucking good. It's just it feels like a lot of what I wanted Supernatural to do with with introducing monsters and angels i feel like they really got it right with castiel on the first episode when he's speaking through the radio i think that that's really unsettling and and overpowering um but they do that so much better here because they could have just made him like spooky devil like oh i'm evil or i'll you know sell your soul to me do some stuff like they could have gone so many less successful routes with it than they do here they do Really simple, almost ghost story stuff at first with with this guy coming home, just a dark house coming home, and his like front gate just keeps like swinging back and forth after he closed it, and it's just this little unsettling thing that you know wouldn't necessarily put a person off, but he notices it and it, it's strange, and then it shows him having these these waking nightmares, right? Um, yeah, he wakes up in a, in a bed he, that is full of blood, and he's covered in it. So he like yeah. jumps out of the bed and looks back, and of course, all of the blood is gone. And um, at one point, I don't remember quite how they relay this to the to the viewer, but they they basically um, there's something in here where they we we know that his um, child and wife are dead, and his like dead wife shows mm-hmm. up right next to him, and he kind of freaks out a little bit. Yeah. Dude is having a bad day. She says it. He's having a bad day, and she says it's you, Nick. You're special. You're chosen. And I think we can put two and two together here, but we don't necessarily know. Um, but yeah, of course, this is this is Lucifer. This is Lucifer's vessel. Um, and th- this is just handled so uh, delicately. I guess I think it is anyway. I think it's really effective because it's so creepy. It's not monstrous. It's just like a woman gently saying, like, it's you, Nick. You're special. And they really, really build on that with the imagery that they show. And it just, 
it feel it feels right. It feels like this is a good representation of what the devil should be, you know. Um, even though they kind of try to distance it from the term devil or Satan, it is Lucifer. It is a fallen angel, mm-hmm. and I think that they they use that to their advantage quite a lot in in this season. We we go from this, which is extremely serious and kind of um, scary, to something that's particularly goofy, uh, where we we go to this um, super fan Becky who is played by uh, Emily Perkins, who I just found out was actually the chick that played um, Beverly Marsh in the TV movie It. <laughs> so that's kind of cool. <laughs> who knew? That's, that's funny. But uh, she is uh, a super, an in-universe Supernatural fan. So she's written all of the books yeah. that Carver Edlund has written. Uh, that's she's, she's read them all. She, she hasn't written them all. She, yes, sorry, excuse me. Uh, uh, she is writing fan fiction, however, and she, I wish that I had written down what she is writing because it is some juicy stuff. It is some juicy stuff. If I if I get a wild hair, I might try to cut some of it in because it's it's very juicy. She also runs the website morethanbrothers.net, dot um, which perfect. I believe Just the perfect. last the last time I looked at this was a WB property, which I think is pretty hilarious. Or CW property. They had to register that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is owned by Warner Brothers websites. That's funny. <laughs> this website is currently not available. Please check out these other Warner Brothers websites, www.warnerbrothers.com and www.harrypotter.com. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I'm not kidding. Uh, what kind of More Than Brothers is going on in Harry Potter? For our younger visitors who might be checking out morethanbrothers.net, please check out www.kidswb.com. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that. Oh man! Oh, that's bad. This is bad. Yeah, that's not great. Um, so so okay. She, she's <laughs> obviously she's obviously a like this is the show making fun of its own audience, right? Because uh, according to all sources that I have talked to, all of the Winces stuff, um, all of this stuff kind of started along with the show. Like as soon as they like out, not even finished with season one, and that people were writing fanfic about these two dudes, which is fine, whatever. I kind of. Yeah. I feel I know I know she's like comedy material, right? Like she's 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 a joke and she's supposed to be a joke. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of a shitty thing to do to your fans, like to call that out. And I I can't decide where I'm falling on this cuz every other time that I've watched this again, this is, you know, me just watching at the house, hardly ever engaging with the the fandom or the community around it or anything. I just treated this chick like a joke because that's how they portray her as. Like she she's this starry-eyed yeah. chick that is obsessed with these two brothers and cannot wait to find out that they're real. But like now I'm looking at this and it feels a little weird to me. Are you getting any of those vibes or is this, is this just me? I never really thought that only because it seems like it's trying to put the fan in the place of this. Yeah. It's making fun of them a little bit, but I always saw it as comedic uh, relief. Um, But it's supposed to be like, yes, this thing that you love is real. And then she does play a small part in the story. and maybe, yeah, maybe it is It is a little bit insensitive to to be making fun of Sam Licker, 81, webmistress of morethanbrothers.net. Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, no, I guess I never picked up on it, but I, but that's, it is true that, that it could possibly seem a little bit demeaning to, to the to the fan base. But, I mean, people, you'll have to let us know what you think. Um, yeah, I'd be curious. I did always think listening. it was funny, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely, I definitely yeah, maybe, think, maybe. think that it is funny, and I, th- I think it's interesting that they choose to call this stuff out because... I have to imagine if you're a creator and you did not envision that your characters, these two brothers, this family doing the kind of things that they're doing on the internet, like it has to be a little disconcerting. (laughs) And especially if like the stuff that I've seen is is using 
images from like, you know, actual pictures of Jared and Jensen to do this stuff. Like it's gotta be a little creepy. So I can I definitely see the urge and I can see this being a relief valve on that of being like, Hey guys, like this is not cool almost. Um, but at the yeah. same time, like, I don't think I would do that to my listeners. Like I wouldn't want to do that to any of the people in my community. So I, I don't know. It, it felt a little weird this time. I may be looking too far into it. Listeners, if you're out there, please let us know how you feel about it. I, I'm, I'm very, very curious to get people who are who are much more engaged with the community. Uh, I want to get there. Mm-hmm. I want to get your opinions on this stuff. So, sure. Monster of the Week cool slash contact. The biggest thing to take away from this is that Chuck can't get in contact with Sam and Dean because they're they're in hiding basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so he needs to send somebody else to do so. He's going to send Becky uh, to give them a message. And she shows up at their their motel door, and immediately just starts putting her her hands on Sam and talking about how firm he is or whatever. And I personally, maybe this isn't a good thing, but I personally always like seeing Sam super uncomfortable with this kind yep. of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just like, "Can you please stop touching me?" And she just says, "No, no." Um, <laughs> if it was a different situation, that might seem creepy, but like he's such a big man, she's harmless. He's just exactly. like really awkward. Yeah. And Sam seems so uncomfortable here that uh, I. I because every time we've seen him have sex with the woman, he's been very uncomfortable first. I honestly thought he was going to sleep with her the first time I, I was watching this because he looks so uncomfortable and he's never looked comfortable with the woman that he was going to sleep with. So yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she, uh, She's here to so, deliver a message. Um, and that Chuck saw, have, saw a vision of uh, that. The one way to kill Lucifer is with Michael's or excuse me, the Michael sword, not Michael's sword, but the Michael sword, the Michael sword. Yeah. Uh, she, the message that she has for them from Chuck is, the Michael sword is on Earth. The angels lost it. It's in a castle on a hill made of 42 dogs. And that's it. Um, so they're like, yo, excuse me? Um, this is one of those classic supernatural riddles that we all love oh, yeah. so much. That the show is, is very famous for. All of these riddles. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um, they jet out to Bobby's place and start studying up to... Nope, um, Bobby jets out to their place. Oh, does Bobby come there? I thought that they left to go see yes, Bobby. Does. It yes, does yes, literally yes. doesn't does not matter. They all get together. Bobby shows up and he's like, "Oh, Michael Sword. Okay, we'll have to do some research on this." And um, uh, Sam can't take this, so he has to. Like, he's feeling too guilty, so he has to tell Bobby that uh, he is the one that freed Lucifer. That it it wasn't actually um, this all this business about the seals. Like he wasn't. What, it wasn't that she was breaking the last seal; it was that he had to break the last seal, which was uh, what's her name, Lilith. Mm-hmm. Bobby gets super pissed off. Chris, I was kind of surprised by this. Like he reacts in an extremely negative fashion. Like starts yelling at Sam. Like this is the kind of stuff that don't gets forgiven, boy. After all of this is yeah. over with, I want you to lose my number. Like he's being super mean. It's it's pretty crazy. Um, Sam looks like a little kid in response to this. It's. It's his second father figure totally saying everything, honestly, that, that Sam and Dean are both thinking. And it's just, like, being spit in his face. Um, and I think that Sam, at this point, he just takes his, his laptop or whatever. He just says he's going to go do some research at the library. Like, it's all hands on deck for the apocalypse. But he he's pretty much, he, he knows he's, he's out now. Like, these people don't love him anymore. They don't want anything to do with him. Um, and that's not an easy pill for him to swallow. Um, but Bobby says that John was right about Sam, that maybe they should have killed him instead of trying to save him. And that's a, uh, pretty fucked up. It's a pretty fucked up moment. Like it's, uh, it's, it's, 
it's messed up. I, I don't want to skip past the fact that um, Sam leaves and he tells Bobby, I'm going to go to the local church and study the lore books there. Oh, yes, the lore books. Because, <laughs> right. you right. know, your local, your local Pentecostal church is just stacked with fucking, and every one of them has an old library, number one, and it's just filled yes. with lore books about the Michael Sword. It's just funny that they're calling it lore books. <laughs> like, <laughs> it really is. I'm going to go find a lore book. Uh, and not just like a history book, right? <laughs> not like a book about right. tall tales or something. Um, yeah, it's... The only bit of information that we do pull out of that is that Michael is the angel that casts Lucifer out of heaven. So yeah. them talking about the Michael sword to defeat Lucifer, it all, you know, thematically aligns. I mean, none of this is like accurate as far as like uh, religion goes. But that's okay because it's supernatural, and we're having a good time. Yeah, and it doesn't need to be. And I think the show does the show does this like very careful walk between using all of this religious iconography and and information without actually um, pulling directly from it. So like like there's a I don't I don't think the show has ever been protested by Christians, right? Like I don't think that's a thing that's probably ever happened right. because it's it's so it's, off the it's mark. so clearly sci-fi or whatever that it's not like yeah. it's not. Bother. I mean, who knows? Maybe people. Maybe it does bother people. I know it bothered Jay Z or whoever on Twitter that time. I think I talked about that last episode. <laughs> you did, and it does not exist. I could not find any of this, or unless Misha just has this, too much beef on Twitter, basically, because I can't find it anything. This is this is baloney. This is ridiculous. <laughs> this is a baloney sandwich. Uh, somebody, if somebody could confirm this story, please. It's me trying to remember something that I heard when I was a teenager, and I'm an old man now. So, so uh, at this point. With Bobby remembering, or excuse me, with Bobby saying this all this stuff about how they sh- John was right, Dean remembers something, and he remembers that his old, uh, his dad's old storage building. You may remember it from the the Rabbit Foots episode. Um, is at a place called Castle Storage on Forty Two Rover Hill. So it's in a castle, surrounded by forty two dogs on a hill. Man, these supernatural yep. riddles, man. Oof. You know, usually they let wow. us go for a couple of episodes, but man, this one they just t- told us right out. <laughs> This is, um, yep, <laughs> it's good stuff. And I feel like, so what happens next, it feels like they just couldn't, they couldn't hold this off anymore after that awful scene that we just witnessed um, between Sam and Bobby. Suddenly, okay, Bobby's possessed. We realize it's not what we think. He wasn't really being a big old mean grump head to, to Sam. He's just possessed by a demon. He's just possessed by a demon. Because Bobby didn't get the tattoo. He didn't get the tattoo. You got to get that tattoo, Bobby. What are you doing? <laughs> like, if you're a hunter and it's the end of the world, why don't you? You just got to get that tattoo. Like, I would have one on my ankle. I feel like he. <laughs> I have one yeah, on the small of my back. He should be on. <laughs> he should be on the phone to all hunters. Like, hey, yeah, Sam and Dean, those kids that I take care of sometimes. Yeah, so they got these anti-possession tattoos. Works like a charm. Y'all should look into it. No, like, apparently the, that phone call never went out. Nope, nope. I would have. I mean. The fact that Bobby doesn't have one of these is, is, is they have to have planned it only for this episode, right? Because it's so ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> um, but who show, some more demons show up, including uh, a demon that we're familiar with that uh, Dean first thinks is Ruby, and it's not Ruby. It's yeah. our old pal Meg. It's Meg, and she says, you big, dumb, slow, dim, pain in the ass. And I loved all of those adjectives, so I had to yes. write them all down. Big, dumb, slow, dim, pain in the ass. It's so good. And Meg has this weirdly eccentric southern accent that people might know that I'm, I'm a southerner. Like, I live in the south, and I have a pretty thick southern accent. So anytime I hear it on other media, like, it's it's always, like, interesting to me. Because it, 
nobody really leans into it the way they should have. Like it should just be an un- unconscious thing that t- you talk like that all the time, regardless if it sounds good or not. And 90% of the time it doesn't, <laughs> but like she just puts some, some drawl on like the last word of every sentence. So she'll talk like a normal person. And then all of a sudden things get real long at the end. <laughs> it just cracks me up. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, I like Meg. Meg's back. Uh, I mean, I don't like Meg, but I, I like, I like that we have familiar demons that keep getting killed and then re- released to earth. Yeah. She, uh, she kisses Dean. And I think that going back to season one, that's kind of always been her thing is, is kissing the boys, um, in a very creepy way. And she, she does not let us down here by giving him a, a little, an old demon smooch. Yep. Yep. And Dean is it's like she knows disgusted. that that repulses them. Yeah. She yeah. knows that repulses them more than anything. Well, it repulses one of them more than anything. Uh, maybe not both the brothers. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you yeah, don't see her like, trying that shit with Sam, do you? <laughs> She's like, I don't know, he used tongue. It was weird. <laughs> it was a little weird. He got a little into it. <laughs> um So yeah, she uh she sicks Bobby on on Dean, but uh Bobby is able to overcome the 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 demon that's possessing him and he stabs himself in the leg with this knife, um, which kills the demon and also begs the question, why haven't you been stabbing these people in the leg this entire time? Whatever. I don't um know. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a that's a plot hole, but whatever. Um, so yeah, they they finish off the rest of the demons. Meg leaves. She runs away, or she she like ejects from that that poor woman that she was possessing, and they drop Bobby off at the hospital. Sam, of course, wants to say uh, to stay, and Dean says, "No, no, we have to go get the Michael Sword. We have to go get the Michael Sword." So they race over there, and they find the the. Oh wait, wait, wait! I, w- I do want to talk about this. Can I tell you how much I love it when they when Sam and Dean gear up out of the trunk? Like I love these little yeah. quick montages. <laughs> like the trunk like opens up and then it's we get to see like the messy sprawl that is their fucking weapons chest and they just start like arming up like they're fucking Rambo. All great for me. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. We have to be reminded that they're like tough sometimes, yeah. mm-hmm. especially when they get really emotional. Especially since Sam was basically just crying about Bobby yelling at him a minute ago. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, at this point, they go in, and uh, the angels are there, and we get uh, some more exposition. So, more or less, I don't, I don't. Get, number one, I don't get this weird twist because um, they say that they planted the idea of the Michael Sword in Chuck's head to fool the demons, right? But that it actually yes. turned out to be true. Yes, I don't, I don't get this at all. A lot of the angel stuff doesn't make the most sense because, unfortunately, when you're dealing with, like, prophecy and fate, kind of, like, and, and people who are able to manipulate prophecy and fate and, like, those those types of things, um, things, like, fiction gets very complicated. Mm-hmm. Um Thank you for the most part. Even Thank though you for explaining that to me. I appreciate that. We're doing it, like we're doing Does a deep it? dive. We're doing <laughs> damn it, Jeremy. We're doing a deep dive on supernatural, but for the most part, I kind of just accept it because I don't. I don't want to like dig through all the machinations of the angels. I just, I just want to watch what's going to happen. Yeah, and um, it's not a it's not a big deal. I was I was mainly asking to see if you came came away with a different read of it um, because it doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't matter either because the angels explain like there was never a Michael sword. Dean is the Michael sword, right? Like he, Dean it is. It seems like they were, they were trying to get Dean because they were in hiding from everybody. Um, so by, by making up this whole 
thing about the Michael sword and, and getting Chuck to deliver this message, they would draw Dean. Out oh, of okay, okay, that they, that makes sense because he was hiding. Okay, 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 I'm with you now. So we're okay. That I does, feel like yeah. I feel like that's true. I might have just made it up. No, 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 no. That, that works because they were hiding from the angels, and uh, yeah, yeah. So that they they would implant that with Chuck's, knowing that he would tell Dean, and Dean would eventually figure out this little bullshit puzzle because he's played a lot of adventure games in his time from Lucas Arts, and he's knows, yeah. knows his way around a, a riddle. And then he would come to Dean loves mist. Dean, Dean loves mist. <laughs> Confirmed. Canon. Everybody canon. Um. So yeah, Dean is the Michael sword, meaning that he is Michael's. Uh, an archangel's vessel. So if Dean says yes, Michael will possess him and go and go forth and smite Lucifer. Uh, Dean has a, is obviously not into this idea at all. Um, he does not want uh, to be, to live his life as an angel condom. Which is, yeah. He, angel condom is like just a great term. Yeah, just in general. It's a very accurate term. It's a, it's a very accurate term in this situation. Um, Dean Dean saw what happened to Jimmy Novak and his family and everything that Cass went through <coughs> taking this body. Um, who? Jimmy Neutron, excuse yeah. me. Uh, Thank you. Uh, Dean Dean saw everything that Jim went th- Jimmy Neutron went through for, for Castiel, um, and he knows that that's all bad news. You're giving up your will to somebody else, and, and Dean is all about not giving up his, his will, his freedom. Uh, and especially the fact that we've never seen an Archangel in Supernatural. Um, we don't know how, what they're like, how they might be different from regular angels. Only that, you know, every time that Chuck has been threatened, this impossible, uh, beam of light starts to appear and like buildings are torn apart, uh, when they show up. So this is some serious shit and, and Dean, but Dean's not about that. He's not, he's not interested in playing the angels game, especially after everything that they pulled with, with letting the seals be broken. You know, he doesn't want the apocalypse, but the apocalypse is here. Um, but he still he doesn't want to do anything that the angels want him to do because he blames them for all of this. Well, and let's and let's be clear, like because Dean specifically asked this question, like how many lives are going to be lost in this war? Like if Michael is your general, mm-hmm. I'm going to let him I'm going to let him into my body, and he's going to lead you against a war in a war against Lucifer. Like what are the what are the, what is the collateral damage? Like how many hundreds of millions of people are going to die? And Zachariah says like there's going to be a drop in the bucket compared to what happens if Lucifer runs free. And so I think it's important to remember that he doesn't, he wants to try to find a different way so that all these people don't have to die. So millions of people. So this apocalypse doesn't have to happen without like just killing a bunch of people. Like just it would get in the crossfire right. of this. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I love this again. I, I'm all into Dean saying, fuck you to the angels. Unfortunately, the angels are starting to say, fuck you back. So, uh, Mm-hmm. They, they, yeah. Zach calls him a simpering wad of insecurity and self-loathing. And he says, "No, you're just a human, Dean, and not much of one." That was what I used to pencil on the back of my notebooks in high school: <laughs> simpering yeah. wad of self-loathing. Jeez. <laughs> Woof. Um, I just want to briefly take one step back with the second scene with uh with Nick, um, the 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 person who is being introduced to Lucifer, um. He, we have this other great horror movie. Oh, scene we did skip over this. Him, I'm sorry. Of him hearing a baby, the baby monitor in his house. You know, there's a there's a cr- there's crying coming through it. Um, and of course he goes. He, he has this baby monitor in his dark house. The way they shoot this and light this looks so creepy and well done. And and he hears just this sobbing, uh, or, or crying through through the uh, the radio, uh, the baby monitor. And he goes to the baby's room where he knows there's no baby, and he looks into the crib and. Suddenly it's full of blood and, and he just starts just sobbing. 
and that's when we cut to Bobby being rushed to the hospital, and now the boys are are here. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, all all of those all of these scenes with Nick, aka Mark Pellegrino, are super good and great, and should definitely not be overlooked. Um, before before Dean uh, started protesting about how many people were going to die, did we mention that uh, Zach breaks Sam's legs? Well, this is I was getting into that. So um, so the 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 angels are starting to play hardball. Dean refuses, and he says, "Okay, well, let me." Let me show you what's going to happen if you don't. And he breaks Dean's legs, or excuse me, Sam's legs. And then um, Dean continually refuses. He gives because uh, now he, now he <clears> knows <throat> that they need his consent in order to pull this off. Yeah, um, he gives Dean stage four cancer. So Dean starts like kind of gasping yeah. for breath. He takes Sam's lungs, which mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, that seems like it should be an instant death thing. I don't. I mean, like, I know it's physically impossible for someone's lungs to disappear, but if they did, I would just imagine they would fall over immediately. Like, holy shit. <laughs> like, yeah, it feels like uh, oxygen no longer goes to your blood, and then you're just dead pretty quick. Yeah, um, I would imagine there's some compression issues, too, right? Like, if, if something inside you is all of a sudden missing, like, your body would get messed up, and I, th- I feel like you would just fall over and die. Uh, but Sam just starts yeah. gasping, like he still has lungs, which is fine. I don't really care about much. But this Whatever. is, like, but fuck uh, this they guy, also say by that, the way. Just fuck this guy. Yeah, he, he says that if they, if Dean agrees... They'll heal Bobby, and if he doesn't, Bobby will never walk again. Um, because that's this situation that is slowly growing in the background is that whatever, however, Bob, Bobby stabbed himself, uh, he caused some some damage, and he looks like he's going to be paralyzed. Yeah, it is. Um, it's but, not a good situation. So Zach, yeah, Zach's here just just fucking them up, and Dean just says, "Just kill us, like just like fuck this, just kill us." Um, and I think that that. Zach says something about, like, no, I'm not going to kill you. I'm just going to keep putting you back together and doing this to you again. Um, which is quite the parallel for Dean's, Dean's time in hell. It is, absolutely. Um, it's at this point Cass shows up. <laughs> Surprise, Cass is still alive. Surprise, it's me, and he just fucks everybody up. Yeah, this is the first time uh, we see... Uh, Angel's building something that's going to come to be known as an angel blade, uh, but basically it's mm-hmm. a it's just a magical device that can kill angels. Yay! And apparently, like the host oh, that they're they're possessing yeah. too. So, um, yay for that! Great blade, guys. Yay. You did a good job. You did a Sweet. good thing. Uh, but Cash just starts feels like he could have had a workaround. <laughs> yeah, Cash starts knifing dudes left and right, um, and it's 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 just, it's it's fucking satisfying. He like scares Zachariah yeah, and- off basically. Yeah, because Cass is supposed to be dead. Sam and Dean should have been dead when Lucifer was risen. And we find out here, like, the angels had nothing to do with the three of these guys being alive. Implying that God or something greater than the angels is what brought these boys back to life. So... Or put them on that plane, I guess. Yeah. um, And once once Zechariah is gone... Kaz walks over to him and um, kind of does some weird hand waving magic in front of them, and uh, they they both grasp like their chest, like he, he they're like, "What the fuck did you just do?" And he's like, "I carved some Enochian symbols onto your bones to keep you hidden from the angels and the demons." <laughs> Which, yeah, I, I mean, I know I'm stealing another podcast's bit here, but is it metal? <laughs> yes, it's fucking metal, Chris. It's so metal. <laughs> Having Enochian symbols carved into your ribs is a it's just fucking metal as hell. I love it. Yeah, it's pretty metal. It's way more metal than taking a rib out. You know what I'm saying? For sure. <laughs> For sure. I don't know if you ever... It doesn't matter. I know, I get you it. You get it? Did you get it? Did I you get what it. I was going for? Yeah, you're talking about removing a rib so you can suck your own dick. I know what you're talking about. Whoa! 
Whoa! That's not what I'm talking about at all. That's the what thing. are you talking about? You talking about Marilyn Manson? What are what you talking are you, about? What the fuck are you talking about? No, I was talking about to make okay, Eve. Okay, what are you talking about? I was talking, talking about to about? make Eve. Oh my god. <laughs> you know, did you ever hear that rumor? Did you ever hear that rumor? Oh, that's exactly what I was talking about, Chris. You're right. Oh, are you? I can't tell if you're fucking with me now. <laughs> I'm all, my mojo's all thrown Sorry, off Sorry, man. Oh, uh, man, that was good. That was fun. <clears throat> Jesus Christ. <sighs> so, we, we, we crash to Black, and then we, we go back to Nick. And uh, Nick wakes up in, Yeesh, in yeah. his bed next to um, Sarah, who is played by... Da, 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 I wrote it down because I liked her a whole lot. Oh my God, where is she? Bellamy Young. Um, I know her from Dirty Sexy Money, a really kind of terrible show that I liked for a while. So um, she's great. I just want to say that out before we get into all of this mm-hmm. praise. I think she does an amazing job in this scene. Her and Mark on the screen together, are like some of my favorite shit in the world. It's really, really good. She she appears to him. I mean, it's this vision of his dead wife, and he's just like, I don't believe that this is happening. I'm I'm dreaming. I'm whatever. And she says, This is. I think she says that like. This isn't real, or the, you're you are dreaming, but this is very much real, or something like that. Um, and sh- and she introduces herself. She says, "I'm an angel. My name is Lucifer." And and he has this great reaction of like, "Ah, okay, yeah, sure." Um, but she, this kind of goes back to the, the title of the episode, "Sympathy for the Devil." For once, it's not just a classic rock song reference. It's actually kind of has something to do with the with the episode. Um, and she says, as Lucifer, you know, people misunderstand me. People call me Satan and the devil. But do you know my crime? I loved God too much. Um, and he punished me as he has punished you. And it's here that we learn that, that Nick's family was murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a lot of demonic death. And, you know, the boys lost their mother and, and Sam lost Jess, all these different things. But this is just like... This is different. This is like a tragic backstory and where like a guy's family was murdered like in real life. And it it it's not dwelled upon really other than the fact that, you know, he's seeing glimpses of his of his dead family. Um but I think that that, that kind of like real life tragedy adds an extra weight to this. Um and it puts a little bit more pressure on what's going on here. Uh and Lucifer through this woman says, you know, God is either sadistic or he doesn't care. Mm-hmm about you because of what he did to you and what he did to me, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and I think that he, uh, Nick tries to call her on her bullshit or him, I guess. Uh, and she says, I don't lie. I don't need to. And that's probably my favorite thing about this characterization of Lucifer is the very calm, straightforward truthfulness of like, and also evil. That is all just in one package. Like there's no, there's no beating around the bush with Lucifer here. It's just very direct. It's a straight line to evil, and it's it's really well done. And and the thing that's so seductive about this is that it's not necessarily evil that you see right now. All you see is this is this being calmly explaining to you, like, I, I loved my God too much, and I was punished for it. Now he's abandoned not only me, but you as well. Um, he's just this capricious thing that created me and created you and then abandoned us, and he let your whole family die. And, you know, I... I, I can't just take over. I need, I need your help. Like you have to give me permission to enter your body. It's not going to be pleasant. That very calm truthfulness that you just mentioned is just it. And, and, and Bellamy Young delivers it so well, right? Like she is just, mm-hmm. it, just killing this role. And it's, it's just so simple. 
Like it just seems like the most the simplest thing in the world that you would say yes to this person. Yeah. To, to say yes to Lucifer to let them, because he even asks, like, can you bring my family back? And Lucifer says, no, but I can give you the next best thing. I can give you justice for the God that abandoned your family. And that's, mm-hmm. that's a powerful thing. Like just the outright statement, like, I'm not going to beat around, like you said, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm not going to hide anything from you. I, I can't, I can't get you this, but I can get you at least justice for what you owe. And of course he says, yes. Um, and then we see kind of a, they kind of cut to outside of the house and we see this giant flash of light. So we obviously know that, um, Lucifer has possessed Nick and man, I, I love, I love, 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 love these scenes. This is some of my favorite supernatural shit in the world. I don't know if you can tell with all the sugar in my voice, but it's, it's (laughs) Lucifer being this calm, collected, not necessarily super like dumbass mustache twirling evil character. Like Mm -hmm. this, this, like I've got a plan. I'm going to act on it and I've got a goal and the goal is to punish God for what he did to me. And especially we've seen Alistair Mm. and we've seen yellow eyes and, and we've seen Ruby and Meg, of course, and, they're all a different brand of demon than Lucifer is. They're all a little bit more, like you say, mustache twirling. Even when Ruby's pretending to be a good guy, even uh, when we're having fun, kind of watching Meg on screen, um, and with the the big bads, you know, Yellow Eyes and, and Alistair, they all they all have their plans, they all have their machinations, but they're all very just like wicked, evil, like bad guys. Like uh, and and Lucifer, the way that he's presenting himself is just totally not that. Um, and it's really affecting. And um, I think in our, our feedback episode for season four, someone asked us what our favorite intro was. And, and this is my favorite introduction of a character um, as Lucifer, like this quiet arrival of hell on earth. I like the distinction between Lucifer being this um, overwhelming sense of dread, this, this otherness. And then our, the demons that we've encountered being more like the mustachio twirling, um, because mm-hmm. we know from the show that every demon was once a human. So that would make sense for them to be rooted in that because as humans were flawed and they, they've chosen some seriously bad, they chose, they made some bad choices to become demons yeah. of hell. Um, especially like, yeah. you know, Crowley or not Crowley, excuse me, Alistair or, um, is it a Zazel? Yeah. Zazel was the yellow eyed demon. Sorry. Yeah. I was, I was yeah. grasping for, for the yellow eyed demon. Um, like it's, it's, it's an interesting distinction. I don't know if the show intended to do that but it comes across especially right now very very well yes definitely back to the hospital uh we get we get grumpy bobby we're gonna see a lot of grumpy bobby uh and uh he's kicking the doctor out for saying he's never gonna walk again and uh dean says like hey like fuck it let's let's take the fight to the angels and demons let's you know kick them off our planet let's defend our own planet um and bobby says like well how are you gonna do that he's like i don't know I don't really have a plan. What I do have is a GED and a give them hell attitude. <laughs> I just one of my favorite deals. Oh my god, it's so good, Chris. <laughs> it really just sums up Dean. Actually, you know what? That's not true. It sums up a version of Dean that we don't have anymore. And I'm, I didn't mean to like make that connection. That feels like season one, maybe season two, Dean, maybe even season three, Dean. In some ways, the Dean like it, that's how he was to his family. Like this, like. A GED to give him a hell of attitude. Like, who gives a damn? We're going to just kick some ass, right, boys? But as we're about to see, that's that's not Dean anymore. And no. I think that that putting that line right before what we're about to get is very effective. Yeah, it's a, it's a great line because it 
it makes you it makes you remember like old Dean, right? Like a Dean with a mm-hmm. sense of hope. Um, we, we we've talked a lot about this uh, about both of these boys being broken in season four, and Dean losing his sense of hope that anything could be better, and you know Sam just breaking in general. Um, but like having Dean pretend to have a little hope is is nice, and when he goes outside with Sam, he he just straight up tells Sam like. Hey, yeah, that was all. That was all a show. I was just putting that on for Bobby. Like, I have no idea how to do this. We are yeah. so far out. Oh, and Bobby also reveals. Bobby reveals that he, that was the demon talking when he when he said all that stuff to Sam. Yeah. Um. Oh, because well, he says, "I ain't cutting you out, boy. Not ever. Whatever it is." Mm-hmm. Um. But when they say this, it's this big moment for Sam being like, you know, that kind of the family doesn't end in blood thing. Like, we're gonna get through this. Doesn't matter how awful you get. I'm not cutting you out. It doesn't matter. That's what Bobby says. And then they cut to Dean who just looks down. Like he no longer agrees with that sentiment. Then we have them cut to the hallway where Dean is like, yeah, I just said all that bullshit for Bobby. Um, He does not believe that they can win this war between the angels and the demons. And that's not really a Dean that we've seen before. Dean losing faith in Sam is like him losing... I mean, that's him losing faith in, faith in his whole family, really. And then, because of that, losing faith in himself. And I have I have some of uh, of his quote. I think he... So he says he doesn't believe that they can win. And he says, I tried, Sammy. I mean, I really tried. But I just can't keep pretending it's alright. Because it's not. And it's never going to be. Oh, this is after when they walk outside. But yeah. You chose a demon over your own brother. And look what happened. And Sam says, I would give anything to take it all back. Uh, And Dean says, I know you would. And I know how sorry you are, I do. But man, you were the one that I depended on the most. And you let me down in ways that I can't even dot dot dot. I'm just having a hard time forgiving and forgetting here. Uh, Sam says, what can I do? And Dean, this is based, this is on the end of the episode. Dean says, honestly, nothing. I don't think we will ever be what we were. I just don't think I can trust you. And then walk away. And so much of this is like, I, I've said in the past, and I, I think I said earlier in this episode, that I thought that this was going to be okay after season four. As much as Sam had fucked up, you know, when, when Dean left that voicemail that Sam never got to hear, I thought that everything was going to be okay. Mm-hmm. That even though all this shit had happened, Dean, at the end of the day, had just decided, I, I got it, we just have to stick together, we just have to do this. And for this episode, that is what he tried. But he's just on such a different wavelength than Sam now that the truth just comes out, and it is hard. It is. I mean, put yourself in this situation. Like, as much as sympathy as I have come to find for Sam in all of the myriad of ways that he was manipulated into doing what he's doing, and as much as I can appreciate how sorry he must be, and and, and there's just no, but there's just no way. Like, you can't apologize for that. You you can't forgive that because you can't you can't forgive someone for the actions that they did to someone else, right? And Sam has done this to the entire right. fucking world. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, there's no way that Dean, like, it's just too in, all encompassing for Dean to, to, to forgive the guy. So I, I don't really blame Dean for this, and I don't really blame Sam either. This is just some shit. Like, this is just some shit they're going to have to eventually get through and learn to live with one another, or not, or not be able to learn to live with one another. And it's it's something that makes this season, especially um, watching it now, with kind of like my my podcast eyes on like it's it's like they they just continually pull these boys apart and and just the worst situations possible and I, and I feel bad for them I really do like it's 
I don't necessarily blame Dean for having these emotions. I don't necessarily blame Sam for wanting to to come out the other side of this. But there's just there's just nothing to do. It's when someone has done something so wrong, but you're still related to them, and you you just have to live with it or ignore it or distance yourself. Like there's no other there's no other option. Like you're you can't kill them. That's, that's that'd be a shit thing to do. <laughs> so <laughs> so you just ha- you have to you have to accept it and move on and accept the fact that you may never ever be able to forgive them. It's it's gonna be a fucked up Thanksgiving very, dinner, Chris. It's gonna be a fucked up Thanksgiving dinner. A, yeah. And it and it's crazy to think that, that Bobby could forgive, but Dean couldn't. And I think that that speaks to the relationship as much as Bobby loves Sam. He wasn't betrayed in the same way that, that Dean was, because the relationship is not the same. And the trust was not the same. And everything that they built since Dean came and got Sam from his apartment in season one, like everything that they built since then, in a lot of ways, Sam threw all that away when he he pursued this this quest to for Lilith or for salvation or, or, or revenge or whatever it was that he was really after. And I think he was just fighting himself the whole time. But he put all of that before Dean. And he put all of that before everything that Sam and Dean had established um, through these last, you know, four years. Uh, and then their whole lives, really, like, growing up together, mm-hmm. Sam just threw it all away. Um, it's like a dismissive way to look at it because, as he says, you know, he is sorry. And he knows how wrong it was, and he wishes that he could he could take it back. And I, I have a lot of sympathy for Sam. Um, but, like you said, Dean's Dean's reaction is is not unfounded not at all any uh any last thoughts we end our episode. <laughs> any last thoughts on this episode before we so everybody no, can know, like go I, cry I, themselves into a corner before we start the next one <laughs> i did believe that i did believe that everything was going to somehow work out and that the boys were going to come back on the other side with this renewed goal and i figured they'd have to talk about it and deal with their shit and I think that maybe the first time around, I thought that, like, Dean's whole family comes first thing would somehow, like, that would shine through. That would be, like, look how far you can fall, look how much you can fuck up, but I'm not going to cast you out, I'm not going to let you fall. Like, that would be Dean's strength to pull Sam back in. Um, but here they just show how both how very human the, the both of them are, despite their extraordinary situations. Um, and just, it just so happens that right now they're showing how human they are in a negative way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think them being specifically human, even Sam with all of his demon blood, I think that that's what's really going to be the most important thing for this season. It's what a, what a hell of an opener this is. Um, for real? like <laughs> introducing, I asked at the end of season four, like, okay, Lucifer is out. What is this going to be? And just could not have set my expectations higher. Again, watching along with the series, like this was a day one, like where I'm, I'm going to be there for the premiere. Like I'm going to be there. I'm going to sit down in front of the TV. I'm ready for it. And to have it be this and not some like comically cartoonish, um, just steal a line from Sage Francis, a typically dark skinned Disney villain and have it be this, like have it be this like incredibly sincere and honest and obviously evil in a ways that I can't even imagine that it doesn't even come across yet. Like obviously evil. Like they, they locked that dude up for a reason. <laughs> like he's been, he was mm-hmm. creating demons, Chris. Let's not forget that Lucifer was creating demons. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably a bad place to be. 
So to have it be this and not anything else is, was such a, a huge relief to me because, you know, five seasons into a TV show, you, you kind of start to worry. Like, you start thinking, like, okay, do they actually have yeah. ideas? And, man, like, they're just showing so much here that it's, it's so much fun. So let's um let's get to the next episode because I, I, have, I have thoughts about the next yeah. episode, too. Are you ready to get over there? Let's do it. Yeah. Our next episode is Good God, Y'all, written by Sarah Gamble, directed by Phil Segrecia. I'm trying this time, y'all, I really am. <clears throat> that sounds right. It was aired on September 17th, 2009. Happy birthday, Autumn. Uh, ordinary citizens <laughs> of a small town fall under a spell that makes them believe that they are demons and causes them to commit murder. While Castiel searches for God, Sam and Dean search for a way to end the violence. Wow, they're just kind of letting it all out there in this preview, huh? <laughs> Yeah, they're just saying the stuff. <clears throat> our um, our previously on, you, you mentioned this at the beginning of the episode, we get a, a different uh, road so far. It just basically reintroduces us to Rufus, uh, Bobby's old and cantankerous friend, um, Ellen and Joe. Um, Ellen used to run a hunter's bar before it got exploded, and Joe was her daughter. They're both in the life. So yeah, we, uh, we're, we're back into it, and I have a feeling that we're going to see those three people. Oh yeah, you think? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they also focus a lot on the demon blood stuff because, as much as they've you know, they've labored over Sam's um, mistakes in in the first episode, they really kind of lean into the demon blood stuff in this one. They do. Um, we open up at the hospital. Uh, Bobby is again very angry and sad about his legs, um, but uh, that's not important because Dean somehow conned the local X-ray tech into taking a, a chest X-ray of him. And, um, yeah, we, we get a picture of those <laughs> Enochian symbols. Did you know that people have translated this and it basically means like Cass loves you? <laughs> no way. Um, oh, I saw this. I don't remember where I saw it now, Chris, but it was, uh, people have done the work on translating this and, uh, yeah, it's, it's not Cass loves you. I'm, I'm being a little, a little funny oh. there. <laughs> um, but it's definitely like, uh, like you were under the protection of Castiel and, and things like that. That's, of course, that's what it is. <laughs> so yeah, the all of the like stuff actually means something. I can't find the link now, but I'll I'll try to find it, put it in the show notes. But it actually does like they've people have done the work on translating some of that stuff, which I found cool. Find cool. Um, Castiel like calls Sam on the phone. He calls Sam, and Sam says Castiel. Like, he says his name super weird, like Jared Petal, like he has never had to say Castiel before, it's always just been Castiel. Like, who is that? Who's Castiel? It's Castiel. <laughs> Castiel. Um, it's but, something that just stuck out to me, he says it weird. But because they have their ribs engraved, uh, you know, no angels can find him, so he has to ask Sam where they are to be able to teleport near there. Of course, when he shows up, uh, Bobby immediately wants him to heal Bobby so that he can walk again and of course Cass can't because uh I guess the idea here is like an angel higher than him has done this so he can't heal it like it's a it's like a order above magic that he can do or whatever yeah um the um sky wizards have proclaimed uh that he is cut off from the source of power <laughs> sure uh, just in time f- for uh Bobby to not be able to walk again sky wizards. Uh, I mean he can still like you can still, like, teleport and stuff, because the Sky Wizards can't control that, which is known unto you. Uh, I don't really try to 
think of this all on the fly here. Mm-hmm. Um, he, you know, they can't take away his ability to fly. He figured that out on his own. Yeah, sure. So, um, but they can take away his ability to heal Bobby's legs. So, which is a bummer. The spell Bobby's legs has been removed from his uh, his, <laughs> his inventory. inventory. I don't have enough mana to cast re- to, be- to replace yeah. Bobby's legs. Yeah, that's the thing is he actually still knows the spell, yeah, but he, he doesn't have cast enough it. mana to cast it. You know, in Dark Souls, when you uh, try to cast something that you can't, like your character like does the motion with the yeah. with the staff, yeah. and then he like scratches his head afterwards. Like, what the fuck was I doing there? Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what Cass is Cass doing. Heels, yeah, <laughs> so he didn't he didn't even want to look stupid in front of the Winchester, so he he came by later to try it again. Mm-hmm. But yeah, mm-hmm. still no good, no good. Oh boy. Uh. Kaz's plan as he lays it out to uh Sam and Dean and Bobby is um well you know uh they can't use the Michael sword because Dean can't say yes, so there's got to be another way and there is. There's been someone that's already defeated Lucifer. That's already locked Lucifer in a cage and it's God. So Kaz is there to find God and there's this great line where um Dean says, "Well, you should try on a on a tortilla down in Mexico." Kaz says, "He's not on any flatbread." <laughs> <laughs> and his fucking cast voice. And that just deadpan, like, all the way. I don't know how they don't fucking just laugh constantly at that dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Dean is like, you know, this is this is worthless. Either he's gone. He probably doesn't even care. Or if he does care, or no, he probably doesn't care. And if he does, he's probably dead. And that's the reason he hasn't done anything. And then uh, Castiel mm-hmm. gets up in Dean's face and is just like, you need to just... Whew, Cass is scary in this scene, Chris. You need, you need to check yourself before you wreck yourself, Dean. Uh, he says that this isn't like a theological debate. This is strategic. Mm-hmm. He doesn't give a fuck about how God feels about humanity. He's like, like you said, he he kicked Lucifer out of heaven or, or, or cast him into hell, whatever it was. He can probably do it again. Um, and, and this is when Cass is just like, yo, you ever heard of personal space? Because I'm just finding out I'm, about it I'm and not really sure what it. it is. I yet. am all up in your bubble. <laughs> They he's so close to Dean so that they close. can't even get his whole face <laughs> in the shot. It's like They're so close. it's like mid chin to mid forehead, and he's just like, "You want to know something, Dean? I killed two angels this week. I rebelled, and I did it all for you, and you failed. You and your brother destroyed the world, and I lost everything for nothing. So keep your opinions to yourself." And then he kisses him on the forehead. And then it's a little that one's just for just you. Just a little. Just a little. Just a little, just a little, hey, hey, I don't mean it. I don't really mean that, Dean. <laughs> I don't mean, yeah, and then he just, he flutters back. Just, just, just me, because. Just some, um, some angel-flavored kisses for my Dean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and he wants Dean's amulet, and Dean's like, whoa, aren't you moving a little faster? You just start wearing my varsity jacket? Um, no, but he wants Dean's amulet, the, the necklace that Dean has been wearing every episode since episode one. Yep. Um, he, he wants it. He, he says that he believes that this is a... A special amulet that could help him find God. Um, it will burn hot in God's presence. So if he does happen to find yeah. God, he it will he will be able to confirm it using D- Dean's amulet. Um, up to this point, on my first watch, I I obviously had kind of noticed like the shit that Dean was wearing, but I'd never really mm-hmm. paid a lot of attention to it. Obviously, this amulet was called out in that first like Christmas episode where we see Sam give it to yeah. him. So like I knew it was there. But since Sam had given it to him and there was no, like, Sam, like, there was no, uh, like, importance given to the fact, right? Like, it wasn't, um, right. I just assumed that it was just an amulet. So, like, this kind of took me by surprise and was like, oh, what? I guess 
sure, I guess he's been carrying that around for a while. Okay. Yeah. I, um, I don't particularly like this, it, by the way. I'm just, if you can't tell, I'm not, I'm not really into it. Uh, I think that uh, most don't, because it doesn't really... Well, yeah. Uh, I bought this amulet for my friend Steve for Christmas one year, because that's just the type of relationship that we have. Um, the kind that gives each other nice Christmas presents. That's a good, that's a good gift, Chris. Good yeah. job. Yeah. Um, give, uh, yeah, just gave my, my friend a necklace, and it was nice. It was very nice, and everyone should acknowledge it. Dean, Dean finally gives this thing up and is like, don't, don't lose it. Like he's real angry about this whole thing. And, uh, he like cast turns to leave. And, uh, Bobby says, when you find God, tell him to send legs, which is, (laughs) (laughs) I just, I love the idea of like Castiel deadpanning. And Bobby told me to, to tell you to send legs like just that. (laughs) Bobby stays talking shit. Oh, constantly, yes. Especially now that he's now that he's crippled, because he really doesn't like that. Yeah, he's not he's not a fan of this his present situation. So just smash cut. You know they love their smash cuts uh, to Rufus in a fucking war zone, just out of nowhere. Hey, what's up? Remember the cold open uh, or the uh, the road so far when we showed you all these hunters? Check them out. Here we go. And it's uh well, I guess it's actually slightly more important than that because it's. Rufus calling Bobby. Yes, absolutely. But Bobby can't hear what he's saying. It's all staticking out. And um, they they get just enough information to get a rough idea of where Rufus is. So North Dakota. Uh, that's going to set us. <laughs> I think North, that's... Uh, yo, yo. <laughs> Shout out to, I don't know what I'm going with there. Um, somebody needs to put a, like a, like a lid on me. I'm out of control right now, Jeremy. You are. Right, so... You are. You were totally out of control, Chris. <laughs> As you're sitting yeah, in your hot ass room recording a podcast. Yeah. Oh boy. Um So we we get the yeah, Rufus is in this war zone. We have no idea what's going on. We know that like end times are upon us, kind of, but like not to this extent. Like we've seen some demons, but like we don't really know what the hell Rufus is dealing with. Um So yeah, so they, the boys the uh, boys they, the, the boys head out and they, they try to get into town but find a bridge is totally demolished. So they can't they can't drive into town. So they they apparently stash the Impala someplace safe and just kind of hitchhike not hitchhike but uh you know hike into town. And we get this mm-hmm. um really great scene where they are uh, walking into town like armed to the fucking teeth while uh, Spirit in the Sky plays, uh, which is a song yeah, that I, I'm pr- I was go ahead. I was pretty jazzed about this scene. This is one of my favorite like supernatural scenes. This is good. Yeah, uh, definitely when I was when I was younger, and this is just a very visceral like. Look at these motherfuckers just stomping into town, like you said, armed to the teeth, while this song is playing. It feels very unique. It feels very cinematic, very Mm -hmm. movie-like. And this is the first time in a very long time that they are outside on, like, a big set. It's not just an interior, some spooky dark place. They are outside in what looks like an entire on-location town. It's not. It's, I think, a set that they borrowed from WB. And then the youth continuously going forward. But still, it's the first time we've had anything like this in a while with a licensed song right there. It just, like, it feels kick-ass. And it feels like season five. Like, we're walking towards the end. We're, we're, we're gearing up for the apocalypse. And, like, the show is just, like, punching you in the face. It's really, really good. Like, it shows you what just a little bit of money and a budget will do for a show, right? Like... Mm-hmm. Spirit in the mm-hmm. Skyplane, this giant outdoor set that they can kind of zoom out to from a little bit. It's 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 it, it feels real good. You're absolutely right. Um, 
this town, by the way, is, is run down. They find like cars flipped over. Um, they find a perfect cherry red Mustang, which looks a little weird in this setting. But they and Dean just kind of yeah. does it like a eh, kind of look and then keeps walking. <laughs> Um, they, they eventually get to, uh, um, I don't really quite remember how they find Ellen, but Ellen shows up. Ellen like pulls, basically draws down on him. It's like, who the hell are you? And they turn around and of course it's, you know, they, they all know one another and Dean says something like Ellen. And then Ellen just splashes him directly in the face with holy water, (laughs) which I really (laughs) like a whole lot. Anytime these people like actually confirm, like if they had done that with Bobby in the last episode, Bobby would still have legs. He wouldn't need God to send him legs. That's true. They did not do their homework on that last one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it's been... So, I mean, we're watching the show over the course of a few months, but it's been three years since we've seen Ellen? Is that true? Um, Ellen was season two, and we saw her towards the end of season two, I want to say. Uh, or maybe the middle. It's about two and a half years. Maybe. So, I, I would say about two and a half years. And uh, she she hugs both of them, and she's like, I can't believe... I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're safe. I'm so glad you're alive. And then slaps the shit out of Dean. I was like, you can't fucking answer a phone call. You can't call me up. I had to learn you're alive from Rufus of all people. What the hell is oh, going yeah, on? Because the, the last time they heard, she had heard from him, Dean was dead. That's true. <laughs> Dean was literally dead. You're absolutely right. Oh my God. I forgot about that. <laughs> I guess the last time we saw her was at the very last episode of season two, huh? At the, yes, at the yes. showdown. So we haven't seen yeah, yeah. Joe. We haven't we haven't seen Joe in quite a long time either. Yeah, because Joe disappeared. Yeah, um, but we find out that uh, the whole town is full of demons, except for um, everybody that's dead, and then a small group of people that are are in this kind of safe house location. We also find out that Ellen and Joe got separated, so Ellen and Joe have actually been mm-hmm. hunting together. Which listeners, you may remember, Ellen did not want Joe to get into this life. She was adamant against it, yeah. um, but has since decided. She's going to do it anyway. She might as well do it where I can see her and get her back. And I, I just love that what they're setting up here. The, um, you know, this, this group of survivors bunkering down in an old church. I think that's where they are. And, you know, Sam and Dean, the hunters coming in and like playing the, the part of the hero, you would, you would think, uh, in this just abandoned war-torn town. Uh, and it's, it's a cool premise. And like we've said, they haven't really done anything like this. Um, there was some stuff with Croatoan that was similar, and again, that's a like a, you know one of the highlights of that season. Um, but yeah, so they 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 know that they have to get these people out of here. That's Sam's plan: is let's get everyone out of town, but let's arm them first. You know, let's mm-hmm. get everybody with a with a shotgun full of rock salt, because the more demons we can shoot, the, the better chance we have of getting out of here. Um, and so as they go to head off to get more supplies, Dean says, "Like, okay, hold on, Sam." You stay here and like you know teach him how to shoot a gun or whatever, uh, and I'm gonna go off and and get the guns and rocks all by myself. And Sam's like, no, wait, that's silly. Let's go together. And of course, Dean doesn't really want Sam going out around demons because following up with the end of last episode, he doesn't trust Sam. Uh, and this is the first time, except for that one battle in the hotel room, where they're gonna be around a lot of demons. Yep. And this is uh this is also the first time we've actually seen Dean and Sam into a like in a combat situation with stuff that they mm-hmm. can actually handle. So like uh, and in the in the premiere it was all basically them with angels. And um we we get that one demon skirmish, skirmish but it happens so fast that Dean doesn't really have enough time to worry about Sam. Now he's like, "Can I really trust this dude?" Like what happens if he goes crazy? You know what I'm saying? Like he's he's a, he's a little worried yeah. about him. Um, I like this a lot. I, I like this dynamic. I like Dean 
not trusting Sam after everything that's happened in season four. I like Sam, you know, kind of being angry at this. Like, you know, I, I haven't stopped yeah. being a good hunter just because I, I I veered from the path. Like, I'm still the same dude. Like, you can depend on me. Like, it it just it just speaks to an overarching plot and character development that the writers are obviously caring a lot about. Like, they they obviously care and about these they, people. And as they get out there and in the field, Sam's thing is he said, "Can we at least be professionals about this? Like, can we can we just do this right and not be bickering about some bullshit?" Um. Which I think that that's Sam in the zone. Like, that's Hunter Sam talking, not, like, Sad Sam. Who we've seen a lot of Sad Sam, but this is the first time where he's kind of biting back a little bit. And, and being like, well, it doesn't fucking matter what I did before. Because uh, we're in a crisis situation. So, like, shelve it for now, dude. Um, and that's only going to get him so far, but... So, Sam goes and gets, um, <clears throat> goes to stock up on salt while Dean goes to stock up on guns or something somewhere else. Uh, two demons walk into the store that Sam was in, and uh, he has to fight them. A really subtle touch here um, is that he's using the, Ruby's knife to kill these people, and when he kills them, we don't get our usual like flash demon flash special effects. Mm-hmm. He just kills them, and um, and Sam doesn't notice this at all. Like he just doesn't get it, which makes me think that maybe he doesn't see the special effects in the show, which would be a little weird. But <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we it's it's kind of a hint to what the um. <clears throat> what the the episode synopsis said, which is like, hey, like there's something odd is going on in this town. People are thinking there's demons, that there's not actual demons. Um, yeah. But again, Sam doesn't know that because he is so focused on the blood that's on the blade that he just keeps staring at it and staring at it until Dean walks into the store and kind of wakes him up from it. Which he, and then he pretends that nothing happened. So like, so what I was trying to figure out here is is he like craving it or is he looking at it like, was this the source of my power? Like. I, I generally believe that he doesn't have any of like the physical cravings for it, but he's remembering the way that it made him feel. And I feel like he's staring at it almost like, what did this do? Like how, like how did I get my strength from this? Like, it's like a more of a questioning thing. I mean, that's how I've always read it. Yeah. It's, um, <clears throat> I think it's, it's, it's hard because there's, there's dialogue in the next episode. There's dialogue in episode three that specifically talks about this. But so I, I want to say without um, without getting into those specifics, that I definitely think that this is a loss of power. That he's looking at this and he's he's he's. Well, they talk about that in this episode. Do they? I thought it was the next Later episode on. with. Yeah, oh no no yeah. this it is with war. Okay cool 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 cool. So yeah they 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 talk <laughs> about it. All right I got I got a little confused. Um so yeah I definitely think this is a loss of power. I, I don't think. I'm kind of with you in that whoever or whatever saved him and put him in that airplane also removed this this curse that he was trying to do something good with and has yeah. has made it so that he can he can you know see demon blood without necessarily craving it but it still doesn't remove the psychological issues right it doesn't make right. it. so yeah um they go back to the this little safe house area and uh Dean has like a one-on-one with this military dude and um Dean can tell he got served cuz the way he you know takes apart the gun and puts it back together and says like where did you serve oh, i was in fallujah and the guy said where did you serve and dean's like hell <laughs> like dean you have to you have to know where <laughs> like I mean, you have to know how that's going to be taken right <laughs> like, you can't just drop yeah. that it, to me i don't know why i always think it's a little bit weird when dean is like relating to like servicemen um i guess it kind of makes sense like all the things that he does he puts his like life on the line for uh 
you know, the good of everybody else, whatever. It's kind of, you know, along that same line. But it's just like, because he, like, when he was talking to that guy in season one or whatever about being a Marine, I'm like, well, you, you weren't a Marine, Dean. Yeah, like, your dad was a Marine. His dad was, but yeah. Mm-hmm. I just always think it's a little bit, I guess, phony. Um, and I don't blame the character Dean for that. I kind of blame the writers for it. Mm. I'll give him a benefit of the doubt and say that um, Dean is so fucked up about his dad in so many different ways that any military guy he comes across that being accepted as a um, an equal with a military guy is like a is like a miniature hit of the endorphin he gets when he's accepted by his dad. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah. I, I can. Yeah. I like. I'm, I'm being serious. Like that's not a joke. Like I, I think that that. No, I get. I get you. Eas- I get easily you. be in, in in Dean's character of just like wanting to be accepted by this, because it is a very fraternal thing, right? Like it's a it's an it's a it's a group of people that are not that only bond with one another, basically. So, mm-hmm. um, Sam is is in the corner, like having this like existential crisis about not being able to save people anymore, and I, I find this. Pretty boring, but they do fight about demon blood, so I guess that's that's exciting. So yeah, Sam is he's lamenting about not being able to uh, save people and the, the demon blood and all that stuff, and um, they have to head out again into town, uh, or or Ellen is going to head off into town because I think that they get I don't know. No, Ellen decides like I'm not just going to sit here on my dead ass. I'm going to go find Joe, and I'm going to go I'm going to go find her. So if she's out there, I just, I just can't sit here. So Sam goes with her. And then along the way, they have like this bonding moment of, oh, and Dean, him and Dean get in a fight right before he leaves because exactly Dean yeah. is like, no, you stay here, I'll go with Ellen, and Sam's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going, um, and this is a you know the argument starts, the anger crops up in Sam, and he says, as if after everything, you think I haven't learned my lesson, mm-hmm. and Dean says, well, have you? And Sam slams him into the wall. Everybody kind of sees it. Ellen sees it, and then he just you know. He heads off with Ellen, leaving Dean behind. Not great. Not a good relationship between these two brothers right now. <laughs> Not a great relationship. So Ellen and Sam leave after the big fight, and uh, they have kind of a bonding moment between the two of them. And when Ellen's like, doesn't seem like everything's going very well, and Sam's like, well, you know, do you and Joe are hunting again? And <laughs> like, yeah. I feel like they both are like, yeah, both of our like relatives are completely nuts, and we're both right, even though they're probably <laughs> not at all. <laughs> but yeah, I, I like the yeah. fact that they had it though, right? Like, this is good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So is this? It, they they see smoke burning in mm-hmm. uh, one of the in buildings from, coming out from a chimney, uh, and I like one of the observations that they make because they see that, and that's obviously kind of their signal uh, of where to go. Uh, so they head over there and they're sneaking around, looking in the windows, seeing demons positioned at all these locations. And it's uh, it's like this this demon fortress. But they say that uh, demons don't get cold, so why would they be burning anything? Um, but rather than having that be any kind of clue, Sam just says, "Makes you wonder what they're burning." Then, which I guess for everything that they've ever known, that would be his assumption. Like they're burning something. Like what the fuck is that? Um, but that's, yeah, probably that's not pic- the case picturing here. like Meg having like some sort of weird ritual thing happening, so she could go talk mm-hmm. to somebody in a, in a bowl of blood, in a like a chimney full, in a fireplace full of blood yeah. or something, in a fireplace full of demon blizzy. Uh And then this <laughs> is when they get jumped by several uh, demon-looking characters. Uh, we have Rufus and Joe and, and some other extras, um, and they're assaulting Sam and Ellen, uh, but they're saying some really interesting stuff. Most notably, um, 
Joe attacks Ellen and says, like, let go of my mom, you evil, or you black-eyed bitch, or whatever she says. Yeah. Um, it's a specific thing. Um, and Ellen is able to get away, but Sam is not. He's, he's clubbed over the head by Rufus and, and knocked unconscious. Um, and some of the stuff that happens here in this next scene is, is really interesting because Ellen goes back and tells everybody, tells Dean what's going on, says, you know, we have to, uh, or they, they have my daughter, like, we have to save them. Uh, we have to find a way to get her out of there. Um, Dean is about to rush off to go and try uh, and help them, but he pauses and he stops and he decides that they need to, to wait and form a plan and decides, like, actively decides he's not going after Sam. He's exactly. He's not going to rush off like Dean always has to go and save his family. He's like, okay, wait, no, let's think about this for a minute and do the smart thing here, which has never been Dean's play. I've got a room full of civilians that I should probably take care of above my brother who mm-hmm. is either in trouble so much that I can't help him or can, is in enough trouble where he can take care of himself, which is, uh, it's again, Dean has never done this before. Dean would have always rushed off and tried to save Sam no matter what the consequences, especially if there's another hunter there. Like, Ellen's right there, and he would just yeah. say, like, watch these people. I'm going to go find Sam. So to make that decision is, is I think, a, a pretty important moment in these two, in these two, in the relationship between these two. Um, <clears throat> back to Sam, uh, <laughs> he wakes up, and Rufus and Joe just start exercising him, and he sees them as having black eyes, and they're, like, pouring salt in his mouth and shouting at him and hitting them a lot. Like, it's just a shitty situation for everybody. I don't want to see my friends like this. <laughs> Yeah, it's not good. Uh, they look like demons, and I think that this is where we start. Sam, thankfully, figures it out. You know, they look like demons to him. He looks like a demon to them. Um, he tries to reason with them, but it's not really working out for him too much. Um, I don't know the exact order of things, but this is where I feel like the episode starts to um, reveal itself for what it really is, or the situation that they're in. Um, this This guy, one of the survivors that we had seen back at the church with you know dean and ellen he's suddenly he's poking in the door watching sam getting tortured and sam notices him obviously because he's like hey you you sir we're at the other place how did you get here um Mm -hmm. and once rufus and joe have have cleared off he comes back in to talk to to sam and and kind of um exposition at him a little bit yeah this is uh and at the same time this is happening we go back to uh dean and ellen who like they're kind of in panic mode over there, but uh, Dean is slowly starting to piece piece all these things together. Like Ellen is telling him, uh, you know, she called me a black eyed bitch. He, they, he's like, well, why did Rufus come here to begin with? Oh, it was because of some river. He talks to a local priest, and he's like, you know, did anything else weird happen? And then the military guy was like, yeah, we saw a shooting star. Like it was across the entire town. So he's putting all these pieces together because it's a uh, sign or a portent of one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Yeah. Um, which remember in season three, when we thought like the seven deadly sins would be a big deal, um, <laughs> they weren't spoilers. They weren't, they could have been, but they weren't. Uh, this is, this is like the big deal. I like how, um, and we're sh- I want to say it was Fletch's, uh, feedback referenced the seven deadly sins. And I was like, mm, not the seven deadly sins, uh, the four <laughs> horsemen. And I was like, mm, maybe you should just watch an episode dog. <laughs> yeah. So. 
this is now you know cutting back to to Sam getting getting the the bad guy exposition. But I think it's done pretty well because it's this guy. He's like gloating. He's very excited to be able to talk about himself and his plan and like, um, or not his plan, but the thing that he's a part of. You know, this is the sign of the apocalypse. This is like what's in Revelation. You know, and this is all a big deal. And Sam says after he's basically revealed, you know, I'm I'm making all of these people kill each other. That's my thing. I'm creating war. Uh, yeah. After saying this little riddle to Sam, you know, first I was in Germany, then I was in Germany, then I was in, you know, wherever he says. Um, he considers himself doing nothing but removing inhibitions from, from people. He doesn't consider yeah. himself actually yeah. doing this, but just causing people to do this. Um, and this is where the, the Sam says, I'm going to kill you myself as he's tied up to the chair. And war, as this guy has named himself now, he says, you're my poster boy. You can't stop thinking about the blood and the lust for power, and you want to be stronger. Uh, or you want to be strong, but not just strong. And I think that this is really getting to the heart of Sam Winchester, is you want to be stronger than everybody else. You don't just want to be strong enough to save people. You want to be the strongest. Sure, you still want to save people. You think you have good intentions. But it's a lust for power at the bottom line. Yeah, I, I love all of this. Like, anytime we get into some Sam psyche, I, I'm all into it. Like, you know how much I like to get deep into Sam, right, Chris? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good intentions, quick slide to hell. Um, you can <laughs> say, that, we about, getting deep you inside can say that about a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, but what I don't like is... So, basically, this dude, War, is going to try to hype the situation up even more to, to make everyone kind of roll over kill everybody basically to everyone for for everyone to kill one another and um he holds up his ring to sam and twists it and his head starts bleeding and i guess like this is just the dumbest thing i i really like this dude um i'm trying to remember what his name was likely i wrote it wrote it down titus uh welliver he's he's a really good actor he's plays he's a really good character actor he's on a lot of different shows but this goofy ass like twisting of the ring just looks so dumb to me like him holding up the ring and like turning it, and then his head starts bleeding. I, this comes across as, as so cheesy to me. Are you are you into this? Like, am I am I missing the mark? I think at all? it's like no, I'm not. I've never really necessarily been into that part of it. I think it's just it, it, the twist of the ring is him creating whatever illusion he's he's casting, um, whether it be making them appear like they have black demon eyes or making it appear like his head is bleeding or um, whatever, whatever it is that he he can do just to twist the knife just enough to get people going is what he does with the, the twist of the ring. And yeah, they had to, they had to s- signal it somehow so that Sam could notice that that's how he was defeating, or he could defeat him or whatever. Um, yeah. But yeah, it doesn't really do anything for it him. It just seems corny as all hell, man. Like, ooh, I'm one of the four <laughs> horsemen of the apocalypse, and I do all my stuff by turning this ring. <laughs> yeah. You would think that his power... I mean, it is. It, it's a power, but it's also a, an illusion, a hallucination, um, because a few minutes later... Sam is able to convince uh, Rufus and Joe that, hey, something isn't right here, and you know it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not a demon, you're not a demon, and then the illusion passes away, and that's it. Uh, I think that's how it happens, at least. Uh, no, no, and no. the fact that the doesn't. illusion... It doesn't at all. Okay. I'm sorry. How does the illusion pass? <laughs> I can't remember. It's been, um, it's been two weeks since I've watched these. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're a little behind. Um, so, uh, the war goes back to the safe house, pretending to be like a normal dude, and Dean's like, wait a minute, where did you go? Like, how long have you been missing? And this dude is trying to, like, hype everybody up to try to get everybody. He's like, oh my god, the demons are everywhere, we gotta go get them, we gotta go get them, and Dean's like, whoa, 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 this doesn't really feel like a demon thing. 
And and that's when War winks at him. And Dean's like, oh shit, this is War. And then uh, he, War gives Dean and Ellen black eyes so that all of the like the safe house crew start you know aren't start trying to shoot them. Right. So right. Ellen and Dean run over and they run into Rufus and Joe and they solve the problem by punching one another <laughs> until nobody has black eyes anymore. <laughs> they just punch I and yell see. until every all all of the solutions are are, are there. <laughs> That's yes, that makes a lot more sense. Um, and then we get this kind of armed standoff situation where, uh, like our, our Dean comes up and we have, uh, to, to free Sam and we have one of those moments like, Dean, it's not, it's not demons, it's war. They, they both say it at the same time, which is always really fun. Um, there's a moment where Rufus literally says, uh, I'm too old for this shit <laughs> or too old for this, mm-hmm. which is just hilarious considering who that dude is. <laughs> so that's yeah. funny. Um, and then, like, we have this armed standoff thing. So, like, all of these people think that these are demons, and everybody in the house thinks that everybody on the outside is demons outside of our, our main uh, five. And it's just kind of tense, right? Because, like, they're all shooting real bullets at each other now because the safe house crew, like, got rid of all the salt bullshit and started arming up with real bullets. So, people start getting shot. The priest gets shot. Ellen gets jumped by the military kid uh, and almost gets shot in the face, but luckily he was out of bullets, so he just tries to stab her. Um, it's it gets a little crazy. Excuse me. I it, mean, it it's, gets a it's li- war. It gets a little crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 war. It's shit is just going off. Um, and we've seen you know fights in Supernatural, but this definitely feels bigger than we're used to. And as much as the little twist of the ring might, in some ways, seem like disappointing for war to be doing. It still has the desired effect. Yes. Yeah, everything that everything that war is doing is great. I just the very and I and I and I I'll stop bitching about it, I guess, but I just it just feels so corny that it's like, I'm gonna twist my ring and make everybody mad. <laughs> uh but it everything that like all of the outcomes are, are extremely intense and scary. Like genuinely worried when like Rufus has to go upstairs and like knock a dude out. Because he's shooting at a priest, because that dude hasn't been, yeah. ha- hasn't had his head cleared yet by punching and yelling. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> Sam and Dean uh, find War, who is kind of like about to scoot off in the mi- in the midst of all of this, and uh, they pin him against his red Mustang because you know he's, he's a horseman. So of course he drove here in a Mustang, right? Instead of having a red horse, he has a, a red Mustang. A red Mustang, yeah, of course. It's supernatural, Chris. Like, what do you expect? Of course, they love cars. <laughs> They love cars so much. Don't blame them either. The Mustang looked really, really nice. Uh, yeah. They pin him against uh, the car, and he says, "You know, you can't kill me with that knife." And he goes, "No, I don't. I don't really need to." And he cuts off the ring, and that's where that's when war disappears, the car disappears, and then everybody chills the fuck out. Like everyone just kind of it's like everyone had his a, a fog taken away from their brain. Military guy who's about to stab Ellen like just looks up and he's like, "What the fuck am I doing? Like I shouldn't be doing this at all." Yeah. And, and of course, Sam and Dean like squirrel away that that ring because that's probably important. <laughs> like that's probably you know, going to be important. I, at some yeah, point. <laughs> it's it's very much like they all were possessed, but they weren't possessed by demons. They were possessed by like human emotion or like you know human, yeah, just human emotion, I guess, mm-hmm. human violence. Yeah, just the the ability for something like that to cloud your brain so you stop making rational decisions, you stop thinking about doing anything, and you just act without actual thought. Mm-hmm. I think that's, you know, that's war hyping that situation up. I keep using the word hype. Hype is not the word I'm looking for. <laughs> but <laughs> war, like, in, like, what is the word I'm looking for? Damn. 
making this into more exacerbating the situation. Thank you very much. That's exactly what I was looking for. And uh, yeah, so that's pretty much it. They solved it. And then everybody's happy and we don't have to talk about anything else. And nobody ever feels bad. Nobody ever feels bad ever again. No. mm -mm. Uh, So Dean, you know, cut to to a shot of the boy sitting in a park in like this big open field they're not field but like this huge wide shot like showing these these huge trees and hills behind them don't forget uh, the two huge hunks and the two huge hunks in the <laughs> foreground a uh, couple of huge trees in the background a couple of huge hunks in the foreground uh dean says something about you know what are we gonna take the ring to mortar like what are we doing with this thing um but now it's time for a serious talk and you better believe that I wrote it all down. Uh, I was I was hoping you would say that. I'm never writing another dialogue piece of dialogue down again. I know you already have it. So, <laughs> we've gone through all this bullshit, but now we're, we're only two episodes since season 4. And Sam has to talk about some shit. You can tell Dean doesn't want to want to hear it, but Sam just goes for it. And he says, "I know you don't trust me. I don't trust me either. From the minute I saw the blood, only thought in my it was the only thought in my head. I think that listener and jeremy i may have not perfectly quoted this quote while i was watching it but i'm gonna give you my best shot uh i saw the blood and it was the only thought in my head i tell myself it's for the right reasons that my intentions are good and it feels true you know but i think underneath i just missed the feeling and this is this is a pretty big reveal for sam um he's understanding that his good intentions are kind of just a mask for his his true intentions um, I know how messed up that sounds, which means I know how messed up I am. The thing is, the problem isn't the demon blood. Um, I can't blame Ruby or the blood or whatever. Uh, he says it just like that. <laughs> uh, the problem is me. How far I'll go. There's something in me that, that scares the hell out of me, Dean. The last couple days, I caught a, another glimpse. And I'm in no shape to be hunting. I need to step back. Maybe we should go our separate ways. He delivers that with a little bit more gravitas than I did. Um, <laughs> but he, when he says maybe we should go our separate ways, we've, I mean, we had a fight in season one where Sam stormed off and met Meg, but he says maybe we should go our separate ways, and I think he expects something else from Dean, but he says, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, and it, it just ends with, you know, I, I'm sorry, Dean. He says, you know, I know you are, Sam. He doesn't call him Sam, he calls him Sam. He offers to give Sam the Impala. <laughs> It's yeah, right. like some <laughs> last desperate, like, like take our home with you or something. Um, but he just there's, okay. there's just no way that a Dean actually meant that or or B that Sam yeah. would ever accept. So I just like there's just no way that would happen. Um, but just a take care of yourself, Dean. You too, Sammy, and that's it. And this well, is not- like. That's not it, because Sam walks over and makes a friend with a white guy and then jumps in his truck in yes. the front cab of his truck Very and leaves strange. because there is no, because nobody worries about getting killed on whatever demon road yeah. that they're currently on. I always on. used to think, I always mm. used to think, like, did he, like, like set that up before, like, he'd meet that guy in the bathroom and he's like, oh, hey, I gotta go, like, talk to my brother, but, like, you think I could get in your car after? It's really, really bizarre how smooth that that whole operation is, because he just walks over and he just, like, waves and then just throws his shit in the back of the truck and jumps in and goes. <laughs> They must have talked about it beforehand. It's just Had Uber. It's just Uber. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is this is. I was again surprised that Dean um, agreed with Sam. Uh, having Dean say, "Yeah, you know, you're you're totally right. Like, I, 
your your well being, my concern for your well being is uh, getting in the way of me doing my job right, and it's it's affecting the way that I do my job. And maybe we don't need to be around each other. Like coming to that conclusion of like, you know, not a lot. You can't forgive this. Like you can't. I can't. I can't. I can't forgive you for this. But you're my family. But for right now, like maybe we just need some fucking space. Like maybe I just need to mm-hmm. not be around you, so I don't have to look at you while I'm constantly going through this and just be mad at you all the time. Because that's what's happening. Dean is just constantly yeah. mad at that dude all the time. And this is the first time that they've like split up while not being in a fight. Or not being in a web of lies or whatever. It's just, let's go our separate ways. And that makes it seem worse, in a way. Because it seems like this is what they both want. Even even if they don't want to admit it. Like It is sort of like they both know it's for the best. And that's kind of like makes it even more sad that this is happening. It is extremely sad, and it feels like, I know it's not, but man, it feels like this is permanent. <laughs> and, with the yeah. things, and with the things that we're learning about the, this, this, this world, like, Lucifer's still on the hunt for his, for his vessel, uh, Dean is still refusing to be Michael's vessel, like, we're leaving the world in a balance, and these, these two brothers have to work out their personal shit at the same time, because it's pretty fucking important that they do so. And they can't. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's. It is very, very sad, and like, like I said, it just it felt it felt when I first saw this, it felt permanent. Even though, like, I know it's not, and I knew back then, the first time I, I saw it, it's not. But it felt like something well, in was a way, like, gone. Do, like, yeah, but do like, would we know back then? You know, with we we didn't know like if the show was coming back for season six, we didn't know without where all this you know Lucifer angel shit was going, like. I think back then there could have been more of a suspicion that, like, where's the show going to go? Because we had three seasons of them together, and now are we going to have two seasons of them fighting and then until they're pushed apart? And, like, where is this going to lead? Because most of season four, they weren't really on the same side. And now in season five, there definitely seems like they're not going to be on the same side. So it's, uh, it's setting up some shit. I mean, now we know because there's 13 seasons, but, like, back then <laughs> yeah who knows well even back then like i just you just assume like they're not gonna they're not gonna break apart True. the core of the show right like they're just not gonna do that they may do it for, mm-hmm. temporarily and there may be some shit that happens but you know eventually these two boys are gonna get back together and hang out with one another mm-hmm. um we just got to get through some stuff first i guess um we just gotta unpack a few I, things i really like this episode like i I like ellen and joe being in the field i really like that we got more time with rufus who we'd only really seen once or twice and, and very very limited um in a very, very limited time. So like having all of this stuff happen and having these brothers like interact at this huge set and everything that you talked about, I just really enjoyed this episode. Like what, what a hell of a way to start a season with these two episodes. Yeah. It really kicks it off and, and takes it up a notch. I think, I think that this is setting a good precedent for how season five is going to be going forward. Which is fucking great is the answer to that question. <laughs> it's going to be yeah. fucking great. <laughs> For sure. So we're going to cover two episodes next week, Free to Be You and Me and The End, uh, both of which I, I've i watched the first one. I've watched Free to Be Me, You and Me already, um, but I have to watch it again to make notes on it. And it's very, very good and it's super fun. So I'm super excited to see how Dean copes without Sam and Sam copes without Dean again. Um, just super excited about all of this, to be honest with you. <laughs> it's so good. The further that we get into it, the more 
uh, surprised I am by episodes because the first three seasons, especially, I feel like I watched those the most um, because they were already out when I started it. But now every time we get to a new set of episodes, I can remember most of them. And then I'm like, hmm, wait, what's what's this? Uh, third episode or fourth episode that we're watching here i don't know and i'll know as soon as i watch it but it's kind of exciting we get to it like this <laughs> yeah it's it's super exciting I'm, I'm actually sitting here kind of looking ahead at some episodes and oh man i cannot wait for some of these these are gonna be so great yeah this is a uh this is one hell of a season and um i think like we both said this is pretty much our favorite season so uh yeah it's gonna we're, be good we're in it we are in it for Something. I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm trying to take it down. Um, thank you. Groove back. I know. <laughs> Jesus. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate it. Thank you for leaving iTunes reviews if you have done so. If you haven't, that's a really good way to support a show. Another good way to support the show is to tell all your supernatural friends about it. Um, like, just link them to our Facebook or our Twitter. Everything is super good. You should you should definitely do that. If you want to support the show directly, donating at patreon.com slash monster of the week is a very cool thing to do and you get some cool rewards for doing so. Chris, where are you at on Twitter nowadays? I am at local bones these days, uh just on the old the old Twitter. Twitter. The old local bones. Uh, at local bones. Yep. Uh, I am at JG Greer. Uh the podcast is at MT- MOTW Cast. You can find that and a lot more at monsterthweek.cool. Thank you. We'll see you back next week. Good night. Adios. 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 Such a. No, I think I want to um, take that. Back. It's okay. Um. I guess. Do I sound like I'm not very loud? Because my mic stand broke. Like, the arm, crane arm that I had, it broke. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have, like, a table mic stand, so that's not really an issue. But it's just a little bit further away from me. I mean, I can move closer to it, but I just didn't know no, you, I would need to. You sound a, a little bit echoier than usual, um, but nothing nothing terrible or bad or anything. You definitely sound further away what from the further away from the mic but that that's really it but that's no big deal either because I, I can just eq that out and it's not a big deal so. this is baloney this is a like a, just a it's a baloney sandwich that somebody <laughs> has blown their nose in that's a disgusting sandwich why are you keeping that sandwich yeah, around chris that's throw that sandwich because, away you know uh you know it's you're in the cafeteria, all your your friends are around. Mom mm-hmm. packed you lunch. Yep. You're not going to disrespect your mom in front of all your friends, because then, you know, what are your friends going to think? Did your mom pack me a lunch, or did my mom pack me a lunch? Oh, shit. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where the story's going. I don't know. You know okay. I was just... I, I mean, I would... Because I, I would disrespect your mom in front of all of my friends. I would not disrespect my mom in front of my friends. So I was just That's make, what I'm saying. making sure I've got the, the pronouns correct, so I can... I know where... where Whose mom is being disrespected? Yeah, you've you've got the mom pronouns correct. Okay. Um. Um. I'm getting sick. I can fucking feel it by the second. Start taking over my my stupid body. Hit that uh. Hit that hot tea. Start ingesting that super yeah, hot I'm, tea. I'm about to hit up some tea. I'm about mm-hmm. to hit up some fucking soup. Some soup. Oh uh, yeah. I just took. I just took a vitamin 
So okay, that's good too. Has some vitamin, some vitamin C. Get that that, that vitamin C up oh, in yeah. there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm gonna get some OJ in this I body. Love that. Real I quick. Love that. Uh, what kind of super? Because I don't want to be on. What kind of super you doing? I'm a I'm just a standard chicken noodle guy. Just a chicken noodle guy. You want to know something weird yeah, about me? <laughs> when I, when I get sick, What's up? I crave cream of chicken soup. It's like the only thing that I want to I want to eat. That's kind of normal. That's not that weird. Autumn says it's it's weird because it's not actually soup. It's like an ingredient to other things. But I'm like I can heat it that's up and true. put it in a bowl and it has some chicken in it. And it's pretty good. So it's definitely thicker. I don't know if it has the same like like water content. Since everybody always says like oh you eat soup and it hydrates you, but at the same time like certain chicken noodle soup is just loaded with sodium. Yeah. So like you just. You know, you can't, you just die. We live to die. I think that we live to die. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the only thing that we're doing from the moment we're born, Chris. We're dying. I don't know if you knew that or not. I don't know if you've ever heard us talk about this on Chomp Chain, but in high school, this kid came up to us. I don't. Know, he was like having a bad day or something, and us just being like the depressing like pricks that we were. Somebody said like, "Yeah, you know, man, you just you just live to die." And that like this kid like took it to heart. He was like a cheery, upbeat kid, and he was just like. You live to die. You're right. <laughs> you live to die. And then for like two days, he was just like fucked up about it. And then he went back to being normal. But <laughs> but he wrote some pretty terrible poetry in between. He must have. So I just moved my mic, so it might have gotten a little bit weird. I'm very sensitive about my mic today. I can um, tell. You're, you're gonna, you're, your tip is very sensitive. <laughs> you gotta... I'm not even going to go there at all. Why? Uh, <laughs> Why not? <laughs> How are you, man? I'm okay. Um, I had a good weekend, but then, like, yesterday was awful, and today I'm sick, so uh, shout out. Shout out to illness. Thank you, germs, for making yeah, me sh- sick. Uh, shout out to germs. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, whatever, it's fine. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I, uh, it looks like all of this hurricane business is going to pretty much miss us, so I'm pretty excited about that. Um, That's good because it's kind of a drag. It is. A, it is a super drag. Um, yeah, there, there's there was so much rain that they had to add a new color to the the rain chart. I saw today. That's insane. Right? Like that's 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 too much rain. You should not have that much rain. That is probably too much rain. I feel like we got record snowfalls recent in recent years which is not you would think it would be worse but it's not as it's not as bad as like that kind of rain um but people people don't want to acknowledge global warming no. just acknowledge that our planet is fucked i guess it was all because obama didn't do much during katrina that's the that's the main problem it's, as, it's true as a u.s senator true. in chicago he really should have been there <laughs> in New Orleans for Katrina. <laughs> I don't know. Did, have, you, have you seen that going around? Like, it happens every hurricane, it yeah. seems like. It's just so fucking ridiculous. Yeah. I hate the internet sometimes, Chris. Yep, me too. Sometimes it's better to just stay off of the internet. Just, just disconnect. Just just stop. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, turn it off, turn off the phone, put it in a drawer somewhere, and then, like, go walk outside and experience nature. Yep. Um, step away from your blog. Step away from... Put uh, the camera down. Not, now is not the time to make your vlog. I'm sorry, yeah. It's vlogging <laughs> it's now. Vlogging. It's 2017. It's no more blogs. It's all vlogging. Vlogs. All vlogs. We're pivoting to vlogs. That's what we're doing. I hate, um, I hate the word vlog so much. It's just... 
It's a fucked up it's word. It's a bad word. It just it's a it's just a terrible word and I don't it's like when people say phablet. I don't like people saying phablet at all. That's a, that that word. What the what? Have you not heard this? You have to bleep that out. You can't say that. It's a combination of a phone and a tablet. It's a phablet. No, it's no, it's not. Yes, yes. Like that's what the people <laughs> what? call those giant Android phones. It's a phablet. Uh, wow. I mean, unless you're like out. like. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say that in front of polite company. I'm sorry. I forgot iTunes doesn't allow us to say beep anymore. <laughs> we had an official warning. Yeah. That's Steve Jobs sent us an email. I just sent. I had to change my Apple ID password today, and. I'm alarmed. I'm a little alarmed by it. By the password that you chose? Because No, just by the fact that I had to change Why it. Why did you have to change it? I don't know. It just it said like please sign in to like whatever and then it said like update your password and I was like, okay. <laughs> you got and it. I had it <laughs> please tell me this wasn't an email. <laughs> no, it wasn't an email. It was just like directly on my phone. Okay. And then they were like, um we're gonna send it to your email and it, it like, enter in the code to whatever. Like I it just all happened so fast, and then I reset it, and it was like, "I right, do, catch you later, buddy." Um, so you know, hopefully, I didn't just like you know forsake my my everything. Yeah, you don't want you you, you really don't want to forsake your everything if you can help it. <laughs> it's a bad plan. Sam and my band. <laughs> it's me and Sam Winchester, and uh, mm-hmm. he he plays uh he plays guitar. I play drums, and you know, forsake my everything. It's just it's, we're opening for Evanescence this year. Because nobody would want a man with my level of anxiety being the captain of an adventure series. <laughs> I'm looking at their previous shows. Um, Hotel Impossible. Which looks like a reality show based off of running a hotel. Sure. Um, what History Forgot. We all know that the United States was the first nation to put a man on the moon. But did you know that the Soviets were there too? <laughs> Yeah, it's, oh, I did actually. So your your whole premise is flawed because uh, I because I've read a book. Sorry. Um, what about the true origins behind our beloved Star Spangled Banner? Hint: It may or may not have been a drinking song. Wow. Um, the mind of a murderer. Okay. What drives people to murder? Only the killer that themselves know the truth. Criminal psychologist Doctor Michelle Ward goes behind prison walls and confronts killers face-to-face to uncover the dark truths and hidden motivations behind their crimes. Wow. This just, it doesn't feel like this is a real thing. It doesn't at all. Like, why would somebody, like, nobody knows who I am. Like, you listen to a podcast, you don't go, I want that guy to host my TV show. Oh. Like, that doesn't make... Uh-oh, there's a Twitter... <laughs> Oh god! Don't you start tweeting at him? <laughs> I might have to tweet at him because then they'll find my Twitter. Well, I mean, then, they, they, start... they, then they could stop bothering me. That sounds great. I'm the one that gets the. I don't want any emails. further involvement because I'm very nervous. I just don't understand why anybody would want me to host their show. <laughs> I mean, I want you to host the show. I can understand it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are the Witcher books good? 
my wife wanted to. Yeah, they actually are. They are really. My good. wife was thinking about reading them for some reason. Um, oddly enough, they have a lot of like Game of Thrones in them, mm-hmm. like political intrigue, but then also you know Geralt, um, straight boning down, no doubt about that. Um, there's like a there's some wizard ch- child training going on. Okay, I'm into and of that. Of course, you got you got you got monster hunts. So, um, I mean, while we're here, let me just say, so Siri, have you played The Witcher Three, Jeremy? Yeah, you have, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Siri, you know, character uh, is like Geralt's uh, surrogate daughter. Um, Yennefer plays the role of her of her mother, um, as you you know, I've I've discussed in the past. Geralt and Yennefer have a very special relationship. Uh, Triss Merigold, however, plays the role of Ciri's sister. So it's just not appropriate for a family dynamic for the for the father figure to be um, boning down on uh, a sister figure. And that's all I have to say. Yeah, I uh, I, I totally agree, and I definitely listen to that. So. Yep, mm-hmm, I can tell. <laughs> We don't have a uh, a road so far, my friend. We'll have to figure that out in a little bit. You know what? I'm just gonna wing it. I'm just gonna. You're, gonna, I'm you're just gonna, gonna, just gonna, gonna improv it. it? Okay, I'm into that. Yep. Go. I'm, I cannot wait to hear what that's gonna sound like. I'll let you do the thing. I feel like I shouldn't be responsible for uh, much of anything. Uh, not for not for want of trying, or not for that doesn't make any sense. I'm just a a little bit of a crazy soft boy sometimes. Nope, soft boy is not what I wanted to say, but that's what I said. (laughs) So, boy, I'm glad I'm recording all of this. (laughs) This is going to sound great. (laughs) I'm glad I'm not. (laughs) You're going to catch me saying it all, but it's not going to sound good. I'm going to go pee one more time because uh, I took vitamin and it's really uh, rushing through my um my my pee place so hold on <laughs> yes yes god <laughs> that dude just said pee place I just i want to confirm that everybody <laughs> make sure that everybody understands that chris doesn't have any idea how his whole system works down there so i've been i've been popping into the the duck feed slack uh tv channel recently mm, yep. a little bit more frequently than i was before mm-hmm. uh however every time like, i see supernatural is is, is often dominating the conversation constantly dominating i'm so sorry gary and, Cole. and every time every time <laughs> i'm i'm reading through it and every time i go hey i'm gonna i'm gonna get involved there's somebody being like wow this is uh sure is a lot of supernatural in here what the heck um, so I keep I keep not doing it. I, keep, I have to I have to get there at the right time so that I'm not just perpetuating no, uh, no, no, no. disease pumping through the duck feed. Slide. No, 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 no. There's um, you, you, yeah, don't feel bad. Like I mean, it's, at times it does die down. Like I, like the supernatural peak group goes to sleep at some point, and like the other people kind of <laughs> creep back in. But if you want to go in there and talk about supernatural, like you, you're more than fine to talk about so it's fucking supernatural. Don't worry about it. I'll go in there and say something right now about supernatural. Let's go look. Wow. What's the conversation? It's going to go check it out right now. And, like, there'll be a handful of people that will see my post on Slack and go, that's a weird post. And then they'll listen to this episode on Thursday and go, oh, I get it. Like, that tweet that keeps getting retweeted that I wrote to that uh, media company or whatever. 
Yeah, every time somebody listens to that episode, it gets <laughs> they, go, they go find it. I love it so much. <laughs> Let's see. Um, Let's just write, um, hey y'all, Supernatural Rules. Just thought you should know. They're not even talking about anything in there. Last post was it before six hours ago. So I can go talk about some Supernatural if I want to. Oh, you know what we should do, actually? What I was thinking was that we uh, restart the podcast. Excuse me? Uh, the podcast? Uh, the podcast that we do? The you... what? Now? You know the the podcast. Hold on, hold on. I have a fart. Oh, good. I think the noise you heard was actually my chair, which is unfortunate because it was there was a real fart nope. disguised in there. As we learned in the last episode, uh, I can just make it sound like you have a, you had a fart. Oh sure, sure, sure. Well, I did have a fart, but it was just the sound wasn't authentic. It's a fake fart. Oh, don't I worry, fake fart. I'll edit a very realistic sounding fart in there, so don't worry about that. Get like the like the no, I was gonna say like a gross wet one, but you know I don't want to make people sick. <laughs> That that you saying gross wet one has made sure that I do not put a gross wet anything in anywhere in any of our podcast. That's disgusting. Thank you so much. Not not until the fan fiction starts. <laughs> not until the fan fiction starts. <clears throat> Autumn just came in here and brought me a beer. So. That's uh, like a beautiful moment. <laughs> it was it was forever. It was especially nice. I'm not I'm not gonna lie. I'm getting a cold. That's all it is. And it's like, did I, was I talking about it earlier? Yeah, you were talking about it. Like, I went to, yeah, I went to lunch and I said to Steve, I was like, I'm feeling kind of tired. And then I ate lunch and I was like, they're going to get sick, Steve. And he was like, yeah, you're probably fine. I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. And then like 30 minutes later, I was like, no, I'm definitely getting sick. And then I got my car moved home. I was like, I'm fucked. And I've actually felt okay for like the last hour because I just, you know, I, I ate before I did this and, and took took my vitamins. But we have been now, we have been feeling- podcasting for like two and a half hours. So <laughs> I imagine oh, that's that was true. You no, know, no, no. I'm I'm still feeling alright. I just need to. Uh, just need, I just need some aqua. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Um, just gonna get some of that good that good good. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. As a matter of fact, <laughs> some of that good good. <laughs> don't they tell Andre not to say that every time he says that on the league? Just don't, Andre, don't, <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> yeah. <Yes. laughs> Uh, okay, okay, okay. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Let's do this. What are you munching on over there? <laughs> I'm not munching on anything. What are you talking about? Just have a little sneaky snack. <laughs> Look. Shut up. I'm just going to finish it now, so I don't keep going. I was trying to make it in a little small bites, and it didn't work. Shouldn't eat on a podcast. I know better. I'm sorry. What are, you what are you? What are you? What are you actually eating though? The chocolate chip cookie. Oh, you can't. You can't fucking sleep on that. That you gotta eat that cookie. Mm-mm. I don't know how she made them, but they're still kind of soft and gooey. It's really good. What they're homemade? I mean, like they're out of a bag, but yeah, she made them. Still shit, my dude. I'm a big cookie cookie monster myself. So. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> 
don't know how to get us back on the subject. Okay. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Uh, it's the ring on his hand. Sam notices that that's how he's controlling people. Oh, we were talking about the same thing. Wow, we're we haven't found our rhythm or some, or we lost our rhythm or something. We keep saying we keep stumbling all over each other. It's because I'm sick. That's not true. It's not true at all. It's because I've had one 16 ounce canned beer. So I'm just <laughs> I'm just just fucking trashed, Chris. That's where the problem is. Listeners, you know me. You know I love them hunks. I can't stop thinking about them. I can't stop talking about them. I can't stop ASMR around around them. Just can't stop. Listeners, it's become a problem. At some point, I'm going to have to change my lifestyle. Either I'm going to have to figure out a way to live with the hunks, or I'm going to have to get rid of them entirely. Listeners, if you have any questions or comments, please leave them in the comments below. But listeners, I'm going to be real. I'm going to be real with you. I just need some advice here. What do I do? Do I just keep going? Do I see where this hunk hole ends? Listeners, what do I do? I need your help. Get at me. YouTube.com slash ASMRJ. Well, well, well.